It was. I only realized. <laughs> like, yeah, I, was really I only realized recently how pub, like problematic those movies were. Like it was just this random it was a white, mess. This random yeah. hot mess. Wait, this random white kid would go to the hood and then outdoors everyone. <laughs> <laughs> everyone Suddenly, popping, locking, and dropping it in the rain. Just everyone just like, in the, what the hell? couldn't dance. Like. <laughs> Hello guys and welcome to a new episode of Don't Let The Stands. You are here today with your host Eads McKenzie and Nicholas Terrell and Chopin. And we have a guest today by the name of John. Hi everyone. How you doing? I'm good. How is everyone here? I'm good. I'm good. Um, I'm back from Carnival. Well, me and Nick went to Carnival um, last week mm. and for this entire week I've been listening to nothing but Soka. Um, and like living my best life. <laughs> You're obsessed <laughs> with that one song. I swear listen, to God. listen, listen. Mind your, fucking <laughs> like, mind your fucking business fucking banger um it was my first time being in the band and everything so same for like sunday and monday um i wasn't gonna go on the monday honestly amazing i feel closer to my um caribbean roots and stuff so mm. it was definitely really really good how are you guys yeah eden was getting his life man at carnival man it was so enjoyable to just be with the right company and yeah enjoy it all shout out to alex and the man them in the group chat so um yeah really good time really good week really short week at work as well um went to h's listening party last night as well which was okay uh good aesthetics good budget uh audience was like fans and other people so but yeah it was good good experience yeah mm. that's good I Shop mean, a? same old same old <laughs> Define same old, same old. Thank you. I'm good. Sounds like a very private life. Yep. Happy life. That's how we keep it. <laughs> Before we go on, you need to, John needs to introduce what he does. Oh he yeah, is. sorry. Shop <laughs> <laughs> it won't let him get away. <laughs> okay, so basically what I do is do social media and digital for artists and brands. So a couple of names which I've worked with is Jamiroquai, which is someone I work with at the moment. Mm-hmm. In the past, Tom Walker and um other brands I work with is Kiss. Oh amazing. Okay. And how long have you been doing that for? Well for Kiss, about mm, since April. April time. Oh, cool. Okay. And for artists, it's just like campaign by campaign basis, essentially. Nice. Okay. Mm. Well, we'll talk about that more later on towards the end of the show. Um, but we'll move on to Shopee section. So Shopee, do your thing. So as always, we're now going to discuss what we've all been listening to or attempting to listen to the last week. Um, so mine will be short and sweet and we're going to give analysis. I'm just going to say what they are and then Nick and Eden and John can go. So one song, um, Leela James Rain. Great song. Check it out. Secondly, um, I've been listening to Kalani's While We Wait mixtape that came out in February a lot this week for some reason. Been, like, play, been playing that bear. And also, lastly, I've been listening to two projects by Barney Artist. Um, he dropped an EP like two weeks ago called Bikes Are Bikes. Oh. And I've also been listening to his debut album, Home Is Where The Heart Is, which was a really good project from 2018. And that is all. Okay, cool. Nicholas, Eden. John. 
Go on, Nick. Do you want me to go first? Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so this week, I'll just give you a selection because there's been quite a few I've been listening to. So um, Justine Sky, newly independent, released a project called Bear With Me. Um, it's an EP. It's about six tracks along, and I think she's finally found her sound. She's been long inspired by the likes of Afrobeats and Dancehall. She's obviously um, Jamaican and um, wider Caribbean um, in terms of her ancestry. So I think Bulletproof really starts to shoot the project up, and it's uh, track number three. Three, and it's very dancehall inspired, um, really fun. Her voice is getting better as the projects progress. Um, and it's actually the first project from her I've fully enjoyed. So I'm really glad she's found her sound and whatever she does independent wise, I hope that she continues to prosper in this lane. Um, Cause it sounds like it's an authentic attachment to both Afrobeats and dancehall. I said before so um Wale um released a single with um Jeremiah called On Chill which is getting a lot of love online I took the chance to listen to it on Thursday and I really love it he signed to Warner Brothers now switched labels from Rick Ross's imprint a couple years ago and um I think he's finally again on the vein of Justin Sky finding his sound again back in the day I think he released really great material but then lost it some way through being kind of overcomplicated and um, just overdoing it a lot of a lot of the time, but I think now this is a chilled R and B hip hop record, and I think yeah, Jeremiah is really good when he gets it right with like hooks and stuff like that. So I think his contribution to On Chill was really great. So that is Wale. Over to the UK, Shaka released Too Bad Bad featuring Mr Easy yesterday, which I saw on Instagram. Took the chance to listen to it, and he is genuinely one of the most consistent acts doing it in his pocket mm. in the UK. Doesn't get a lot of love. His his Lost Boys EP in 2015 was super impressive. Um, while I don't think he'll be a mainstream act anytime soon, I really appreciate that he still does music and still collaborates um, along the way. Mr. Easy is great as well. He genuinely has um, an authentic kind of passion for the UK and the genres such as hip hop, grime, etc. So um, even when I interviewed him a couple of years back, he said that he's genuinely just showing love by going around to different producers and stuff like that and making the ways and really just showing authentic love. So yeah, I love Mr. Easy and his, um, his confidence in dabbling in new sounds and doing it the right way, in my opinion. So Too Bad Bad is a nice song. Reminds me of a laid back soca and dancehall inspired um, kind of backing. Uh, and I think, yeah, Mr. Easy does his job, the same job as Shaka on here in giving you great music. And then... Mm-mm-mm. No, that's it for this week. I'll just shout out Pusha T's and Cash Doll's Sociopath. Really love the single. Um, Kanye produced the backing. But yeah, great single. That's me. All right, so I'll go next. Um, so like I said, this entire week, I've just been listening to Soka. Um, I have a bit of the carnival blues after the weekend that I had or the bank holiday that I had. So to begin with, I was listening to Tombstone by Mandela Lynx. Um, if you follow me on Instagram, you know I've been singing that nearly every single day. Um, and then after that, I've got... Uh, what is it called? Basically, it's just loads of Soka songs, essentially. That's what I've been listening to. And then I switched it up. So I went through this phase where I was listening to loads of Soka songs and I was just like, I can't listen to anything else because I just get annoyed. Um, and then I listened to Rhapsody. So I listened to Rhapsody's latest project. Um, just get the name. There it is. Eve. And wow. Like, Wow. I really fuck with this. Like, I really, really fuck with this project. Um, I was, I wouldn't say I'm surprised. Um, Rhapsody does make great music. I, I do find 
it quite difficult to get into her music though but in this on this occasion sorry i really enjoyed the project um she named nearly every song i think every single song after powerful black women yeah and um i love every single song on there but oprah in particular i loved um i also loved whoopi um uh, what did she oh and she's talking about sister acts and stuff like that all of the references and stuff were really good on this and the samples were incredible um I can't remember off the top of my head the samples I heard, but some of the samples like, oh, you're actually sampling this. Oh, it was um, Blood on the Leaves. So she sampled Blood on the Leaves, um, which I thought was really good. That was track one. Um, And yeah, there were some Aaliyah um, samples as well on there. I was just like, this is a very, very well thought out project. Yeah, she loves Aaliyah. Yeah, very, very well thought out. And I'll definitely recommend anyone who's listening to this to give it a spin. Mm. Um, Very, very, very good lyrically. It is. Untouched, like... I was very surprised. Well, not surprised, but I was just like, wow, like this is elite level like lyrics. Mm. And I really fucked with it. So check that out. That's Rhapsody Eve. Can I quickly jump in? Yeah. Just point people some way. So she did an interview with Robert Markman um, on Genius, obviously for the record. Um, Amazing interview. And she dissects the album um, brilliantly. And then also there is a nice little article I was reading on the way here on OK Player, the curious case of Rhapsody's Eve and hip hop's contradictory pedestal for women. So I'd recommend that article as well. It's a really good read about how um, Rhapsody's weaponized when people don't actually listen to her, but use her as a like kind of tokenism thing when they're saying, oh, this is what real rap looks like and all this kind of stuff. So I'd say really good article. And yeah, I love Eve as well, like mm. Eden does. Yeah, no, that is very evident. And she does talk about that a lot in the music as well. Um, there was a certain part where um, she was talking about, she was kind of relating the idea of slavery to women having to wear less clothes to become huge in the yeah. music industry. Um, and I think that's definitely something that will become evident in that interview that you're talking about. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it's spoken a lot in there as well. It is, yeah. And lastly, I know I said I wouldn't review things like when they've come out like the day before. I feel like I know what you're saying. Yes, you do. I do. So I'm <laughs> a Western stan. It. I'm just letting you guys know. He is. I'm a Western stan right now. Western, <laughs> se- was it? Western season volume two. Yeah. I fuck with this heavy. Like I know I say I have to wait a while for my opinion to form on projects and stuff like that. But like, Two of the songs, two of the singles that already came out, I already fucked with. Medusa, I'd been playing mm. on and mm. on and on when it came out um, earlier in the summer. And then when Night and Day came out just before Carnival, I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, this project's going to be fucking incredible. And it is, um, in my humble opinion. I definitely love their music right now. I love what they're doing. I love their sonics and the direction they seem to be going in is incredible. Um, I don't know about the the collaboration on Goldlink's album personally. That's just not for me. Mm. But I did enjoy this project and I will be looking out for more of their music. That's me. John, what are you listening to? And music this week I've been listening to is Kanye West Brothers featuring Charlie Wilson. So it's a song from the BT's what's the show called? BT's um Tales. It's mm. produced by Irv Gertie essentially. Hmm. So it's like a one-off song for the TV series, whether or not it's going to be included on the album or not is the question. But it's a good song if you have the chance. It's like a really rare song to literally find. There's literally like one one version of it on YouTube. Oh, really? Yeah, it's been taken down so many different times. So, you so can, annoying. So if you can find it and you have a chance to listen to it, it's like kind of like reminds you of that kind of college dropout slash late registration vibe. Mm-hmm. And even the beats and production is that kind of classic Kanye if you compare it to those type of works of albums. In terms of other music I've been listening to as well, I've been listening to, well, basically revisiting Little Kim's first album. Well, I don't know if it's his first album or not, but Hardcore by Little Kim. Oh, come on. Yeah, but, one of the, but one of the songs I've been listening to the most is Crush featuring Little C's. 
That's what a song. I've just been listening to that nonstop. I don't know why. Mm. And in terms of like, I guess, summer anthems, which is, I've been listening to nonstop as well. It's probably Wiley, my one. Mm. Oh, okay. I, I don't know. It's just been like that kind of summer anthem for me, I guess, because I feel like this year it hasn't been many like songs, I guess you can say it's like a summer anthem. Yeah. Like we, there was a long standard debate a couple of weeks ago, like what is the song of the summer? So I don't personally feel like there was one in my okay. opinion. There may be other demographics, like whatever that have their opinion, but people would obviously probably run to Old Town Road, but that was way before it like shot up and everything got its momentum. No, you th- I think you're right. I can't think of one. Other than I think most people say Hot Girl Summer, but mm. no, no. Who said that? <laughs> who, who, said, who said that? <laughs> who, the phrase was a summer phrase, but <laughs> the, uh, I don't know about. It won't be a me though. That's all I'm saying. Okay. okay. So yeah, I'll move into the news section. It has been, um, yeah, uh, kind of different topics evolving throughout the week. Um, one of which is a recurring topic. Um, so it's United States driven and UK driven. But um, Lizzo is criticised after filing the to trademark the phrase 100% that bitch. So um, she obviously back in, a couple of months ago, she did file to trademark. Um, I don't know whether she was successful in that um, kind of area. So that was the kind of context for you guys. So um, it's a very popular phrase. It even trended the other day um, with her fans kind of um, having various answers to that, like, 100% this, 100% that, et cetera, et cetera. But um, yeah, there's beef on the table with that phrase and the origins of it. So um, it actually stems from a 2017 tweet that went really, really viral. Like it got several thousands, like in the thousands, 20, 30, 40, 50,000 of tweets. It was just seen as fun in the beginning. Um, but then it actually evolved into, um, one of Lizzo's songs and actually, um, was taken by Mina Lioness, who, um, is a UK tweeter. She's, um, I don't know if people want to say involved in black Twitter, but, um, yeah, she's definitely taken the story further and, um, kind of quote tweeted the tweet again, specified that, you know, she deserves her credit and credit is due. Now, if we, again, you don't know the context, Lizzo did respond to the initial claims back in February 9th of 2018 when it was first brought up and, um, she specified the song Truth Hurts, where the lyrics come from, was written in June of the year prior, so 2017. Um, someone made a meme on IG that said, I'm 100% that bitch. And we were inspired, her team being inspired and her writer in particular. I give that meme credit when I talk about making the song. I've never seen your viral tweet, but I'm glad it exists. So that was her initial response. Um So it cropped back up on August 28th, um, where Mina says, what I cannot get over is how brazen Lizzo and her team have been in ignoring my whole presence. They're doing it because they know I have no capital to address her. I'm just the poor black girl from London that don't have a dog in the fight. If she thought I had the autonomy to truly challenge her and assert my rights, she would have given me my writer's credit. She could have wrote this tweet till the rules fell off. Um, I would have supported through and through as long as I was credited. So um, this sparked up after the trend came up again. Um, That's the trend that I told you about. I'm 100% that and then whatever, insert whatever. So it's been going back and forth. It's got the attention of Cosmopolitan NME right now. Um, and a couple of other mainstream platforms. And 
we'll see what happens in terms of the evolution of it. I do not know if she's successful in trademarking the term because it doesn't specify anywhere. I've done the research in, in the coming days just to make sure. But um, yeah, what are you guys' thoughts on the whole debacle? I need some time to think about this. Does someone else want to speak? Yeah, I'll speak. Cool. So, so essentially, I just think that something like that does need to be trademarked, but whether or not you're quick enough to trademark it before, obviously someone much bigger than you does. It's a very unfortunate event. Mm. Just like it's happened many times with obviously black orientated means being stolen. I guess a good, a good version of that is probably eyebrows and fleet girl. Peaches Monroe. Yeah, that's the one. Mm-hmm. But essentially like that, that kind of, that's a good, good kind of case study on kind of how you need to kind of trademark your shit or trademark your stuff in a way, because what happens is these corporations eventually just, run with it. Mm-hmm. Just like with Hot Girl Summer. Hot Girl Summer. Hot Girl Summer is like, I guess, more of a current trend as in comparison to Eyebrows and Fleet Girl, but it's still the same thing. You need to trademark your stuff because what happens is you get all these big corporations start basically running with it and yep. basically remixing it and doing all sorts of <laughs> products and stuff and you're not getting paid off of it. Mm. So at the end of the day, it's very unfortunate, but it's just the way it works legally. Mm. But I think she does have a bit of a case there. I think if she does pursue it, who knows? She might get raised credits on it. What what case do you think she has? Well, she's the original person for the she's the original person for that phrase, and that's essentially, if I seem to remember, that's the first phrase in the song, mm. or the first mm. verse in the song. No, I did look on Twitter.com, and it says that. And I did look at legal stuff. I don't know if I'm correct, but what I did on my Google.com, <laughs> Google's free, um, <laughs> is that. Um, basically it obviously tweets are the material, just like anything with Instagram, et cetera, is the property of that site. But Mm. in terms of the originality, if they deem the court of law, um, deems it to be, uh, original enough of a tweet or whatever, um, or as original enough from the originator, then you will be able to seek a case. against it so it just depends if Lizzo was successful in trademarking that phrase and if she was before this case came up then there either could be a legal battle when they can pursue whether she was the original and if it's original enough to file the claim over the trademark or they could deem it because it's already trademarked and it's already done because when you trademark something, obviously they do the investigation to see if it's out there, if anyone else has it, et cetera, et cetera, they'd probably deem it to be inconclusive and then she wouldn't have claims to it. So as you said, again, it's the lesson of Peaches Monroe and even Megan, she trademarked Hot Girl Summer earlier this year in our podcast last season, we spoke about Cardi B trademarking something, forgot what it was, but it's one of her catchphrases. So it is a lesson. And I think as more artists continue to trademark their phrases, which seems to become becoming a thing in popular culture, artists having a phrase, um, then yeah, the lesson will seep through to people on our level as well. But um it is a sad case of affairs for Mina as well because Lizzo did address her and then kind of then afterwards seeked to trademark it. So it kind of like, it's, it's a tricky trajectory. It's a tricky kind of, it's a tricky case. It's a tricky case, but I hope the right form of justice comes about if it can in the court of law, if she pursues it. But I know you have to pay for legal representation, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a sticky one. Sticky one. What do you guys think, Eden Chope, if anything? I I don't know how I feel about this. Um, I've been sitting here just thinking to myself, like, all right, like, she tweeted it first. That's a fact. She definitely did. She definitely tweeted it first. And I know there were, there's a few, like, tweets from, like, 
Lizzo stand saying that they saw it on Tumblr first, but it Debunked. was it, it was from Mina. It was from Mina. Yeah, yeah so exactly. It's just like a screenshot. Um, the thing that is kind of the thing that's kind of got me stuck is the fact that it's a tweet. Like and like you said, and I have read the the privacy agreement with mm. um, Twitter. Mm. You don't own your tweets. Yeah, Twitter, obviously Twitter owns it. But then I went to the law and tweets because cases have come up. Mm. And then when I looked at the law of it, it says if it's deemed to be an original thought yeah. and original enough, you can still pursue stuff. Yeah. And I guess since you did get around like 50K retweets and stuff like that, it is prominent enough to actually be a case. Yeah. So um, I'm kind of just, I'm on, I'm, on the, I'm on the side of it would be nice if Lizzo did it. Like I'm on that side. Mm. Um, at the end of the day, we all know the music industry is literally cutthroat. Mm. And if someone steals something, then they're not likely to give it back. We think about all the stolen songs that are out there, like full, full, like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. full songs that of have been course. stolen. Um, I don't know. I'm hopeful that it'll be rectified, but if I'm being realistic, I don't think it will be. Mm. And like Mina said, the only reason that Lizzo isn't really giving her the attention is because she does, she knows she doesn't have a dog in the fight mm-hmm. and she knows she's just, the girl from London versus Lizzo, who's this huge celebrity. On fire um, right now. But I think it really depends how she goes about this. And I really respect the fact that she's actually chasing it and going against Lizzo, who is someone that has like all these stands and all these people that are coming after yeah. Amina. Um, I think it's a, it's a hard one. Um, I think it'll be one of the first times that someone from the UK will challenge like a US celebrity over tweets, as far as I know. Mm-hmm. Um and she might start something. There might be some more lyrics that are stolen from black people on black Twitter. Um, definitely but right is. now I don't definitely know. Is. There, 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 there definitely is. There's just not big enough and people probably don't care. The originators. Yeah, whatever, of course. Like. But at the end of the day, man, you need to give people credit where it's due. Yeah. Mm. And you can't try and swipe it, not sweep it under the rug saying, mm. hey, my writer got that did it. Oh, and then the writer is obviously inspired by yeah. Yeah. Tweet, that tweeter. Yeah, it's the writer. Exactly. We need to go to the writer now because she she actually brought up the writer. I wish it was in this article, but um, she brought up the writer, someone who lives in LA, I believe, um, a guy. Um, but yeah, I just think it's one of those ones where she definitely needs to be of credit. She's got like, she's on fire right now. The money's coming in from left, right, middle, center. It's not going to cost her that much to mm. lose. Like really and truly, it's just like, adding one more extra writer to the list of writers who were on the song or whatever. And it would do, it would do a lot for Mina's life. Like mm. probably like if she got added to a song like that, that's incredible for her. Like if she, yeah, if she was added. So I think that the discussion we're having is the right thing versus the realistic thing. I think that's yeah. kind of the discussion we're having. So it, I think we're all in agreement that the right thing for Lizzo to do is for her to credit Mina on 100%. the song. But I think realistically, are we saying that we don't think it's going to happen? Well, or? look at, we're well, seeing, seeing the actions now. She didn't, well, the, the denial was the first form of interaction they've ever had. And the only form of interaction they've only, only ever had so so denial and then just ignoring so it doesn't really show positive signs does it like from what what we've seen on paper mm. or the internet i guess we gotta see how far mina wants to take it to be honest um but she definitely has the support of people i've seen quite a few people come out and speak about this so she definitely has the support of um people that use twitter mm. but again how much is it in comparison to the machine that's behind Lizzo? 100%. And what if she needed money for legal support? Mm. Would she get the support then? Because, you know, yeah. it's, it's nothing to tweet something yeah. to some people. But would you put your money where your mouth is to protect her? We'll see what happens. But hopefully Lizzo does the right thing. I mean, brand wise, I don't know if this is a good thing for Lizzo. In it's terms not, of stealing from yeah, black women, not, I don't it's think not. it's a good thing. It's stealing, it's stealing from basically your own people in a way. Yeah. But I guess if the tweet had the same, that same sort of money in terms of legal money, of course she's got, or she's like a big pic, 
big public figure online, then of course mm. you take more notice. I guess a good example of giving credit where it's due straight away before anything bad happens is was it little was it the little Nas X song Panini? Yeah, and suddenly Kurt Cobain's name appeared as like a, as a writing credit. Yeah, because you do not want that was quick the well. state of Cobain yeah, to be yeah, on, yeah. on your back in two seconds no nope. so it was a bit of a bit it was a bit of a surprise seeing Kurt Cobain as like the writer on Panini that was so funny because within <laughs> a day of that the day of that project coming out all the controversy I was like oh like this is about to be illegal for and then after quickly inserted into their behind the scenes yeah, they dealt with that real quick Columbia what happened with Kurt Cobain and Lil Nas X? So basically the track Bloom is the same melody as Panini so if you listen to Panini first mm. And then listen to Bloom when it gets to the chorus, you'll notice it's exactly the same play. Oh, that's interesting. But I think that's all we had on this, isn't it? Yeah, Shopee. Did you? Um, no thoughts? Cool, cool, cool. Let's move on to the UK. So, our boy Ed Sheeran. So, um, this actually evolved from last week. Uh, so, he uh, has been accused by Wiley of using grime to look good. So in a series of tweets, Wiley last week joked about using, again, so what, literally there must be a problem with the mic. No, it's because you're speaking here. Oh, okay. Instead of here. Cool. In a series of tweets, the rapper joked about using um, a guitar and a foot pedal and said, I'm sick of people using grime to look, do you need to cough? You can cough. No, no, I was about to put up. Okay. Maybe burp a little bit. Okay. In a series of tweets, the rapper joked about using a guitar and a foot pedal and said i'm sick of people using grime to look good um this is in reference again to ed and stormzy's remix of their song take me back to london so wiley did about 11 to 12 tweets just going after kind of ed sheeran and instagram comments he went across media platforms um Stormzy literally said in response to this no Wiley you know Ed been doing this from early been a real one from early can't question that you know I love you and respect you brother but now nah, don't do that uh Wiley went back and accused Ed of being a clout chaser and yeah he just put loads of emojis um Culture Vultures was reference. I'm going to get my guitar and foot pedal out now. And I don't want to hear nobody moaning about nothing. Um, Yeah, like apart from that, there's just a lot of other tweets, like just talking about Culture Vultures and Ed Sheeran being a Culture Vulture. That's really all that it is. What do you guys think? If anything about Ed Sheeran, apparently, allegedly, suggestedly being a Culture Vulture and using grime as an aesthetic. According I, to Wiley. I just got asked, what does Wiley have against guitars? Because you remember when Labyrinth tweeted that thing? <laughs> in, <laughs> Labyrinth, <laughs> Labyrinth randomly tweeted about Grime in like 2014 or something. And then Wiley was like, I'm going to smash Labyrinth's guitar over his head. So I'm just like, what does this guy have against people that play guitars or just guitars in general? Um, I don't know. But in terms, in terms of like the Ed Sheeran thing, I'm going to be completely honest. Like Ed Sheeran has been doing, I've used to watch Ed Sheeran on SPTV and when he had the collaboration tapes and stuff out and he used to actually spit, he actually used to reference grime. Um, when he was nominated for the MTV, um, was it best rappers list in the UK? I think it was one extra or something but, like yeah. that. I think he came out and said something about how he's influenced by these people or something along those lines. Um, Ed Sheeran doesn't need grime to be popular. In my opinion, he doesn't need it. Um, this is a man that can tour anywhere in the world and sell out 
Um, I don't think he needs it to stay popular personally. He can just continue writing songs with people or mm. do collaborations with his A-list friends like Taylor Swift and um, Justin Bieber and stuff like that. I thought um, putting Dave and Stormzy and all these people on his newest, um, is it an EP or an album? album. Oh, on his newest album was actually really good. The fact that he's this celebrity now is all the way up there. He's come back down. He's like, okay, let me add these people on there just so I can give some recognition. Because people in the US and around the world are going to listen to an Ed Sheeran album, no matter who's on it. Um, so I don't know. I feel like Wiley's just been a bit unfair. Um, and I feel like it's a bit random to attack Ed Sheeran when Wiley and Ed Sheeran have done a song together. So I'm just a bit like, what are you... What's, your, what's the point you're trying to make? Because are you calling yourself a sellout as well? Or... I don't really understand. Anyone got anything to say? <laughs> well, I'm a Wiley fan, so it's kind of a bit, um, my opinion might be a bit biased, but. Say it. So yeah, I'm a Wiley fan, but I think that because Ed Sheeran's always been, been about the grime music back in the day. Yeah. I've seen to remember, he released a grime album, a full grime album back in the day. Like really, it was like one of his first projects. Was it one of the collaborations? Yeah, it's a collaboration album back in the day. So he's been about the culture like the UK music scene for quite a while. And it's not just obviously guitar stuff. He's can, mm. he can rap, he can do mm. various different styles and stuff. But mm. I think maybe, so maybe, maybe it's cause he's been left out maybe. To Wiley. Yeah. Mm. But I think Wiley, Wiley's a great artist. He doesn't need the out. He doesn't need to be on there. I don't think. I yeah. think he's like, he's huge. No, Wiley is Wiley's obviously huge. He's like, he's like, he's like, he's like literally one of my favorite MCs of all time. Yeah. Actually. It's just, really? yeah. I think oh, Wiley's, I think Wiley's amazing. Mm. Oh, cool. Well, yeah, yeah, Wiley, yeah. What do you guys think? Uh, yeah, like you said, Wiley's definitely going to be remembered, like, and he is remembered, like, still um, translating into even the music now. People always show him love and stuff like that. Um, but about this opinion, um, I'm not really an Ed Sheeran fan, like, like that. Not that I don't like his music, but I don't really partake in listening to him, stuff like that. But um, even in this whole thing, did go back and saw, like, SBTV, all that kind of stuff. So, like, clearly he's been about it. I didn't ever think he was kind of clout chasing with grime. Like, it just didn't really make sense, that argument to me. But, um, yeah, I just, I think it was... I think sometimes when Wiley speaks out, it is a bit unnecessary in terms of how he conveys his opinion and stuff like that. And I'm not saying political correctness. I'm not trying to do that kind of shit, but I'm just saying sometimes it becomes confusing what he's trying to say just because it's like satire jokes, then seriousness all mixed in together. So it's a bit like, is he serious today? Is he being like, is he joking? Like, are they really friends? Stuff like that. So I just think, Wiley's probably a grime purist in that he probably wants to see people do it more consistently throughout their career. So maybe at every stage, and maybe that's what he's talking about with Ed Sheeran. But I don't think if Ed Sheeran's done this in the beginning, which I saw that he's done, then why would it be a clout chase if... I just don't get it. Why would it be a clout chase from beginning to end if he's come back round to it and collaborated again? And clearly can rap as Eden said, has done freestyles, has done these collaboration projects. So I think there's a conversation to be had behind the scenes. I think if he, he really felt that way and there's, yeah, there's a different approach you can kind of have to that. And if you really think, just talk to Ed Sheeran, like you guys probably have each other's contact details or you know someone who knows Ed Sheeran's contact details. So I don't know, man. I don't know. The UK is in a weird place right now musically. So it's just a weird thing. Anyway, shopping. I don't care enough about this topic to have an opinion. 
cool. Honestly. Okay. Um, the only logical thing I can think from this is why he wanted to be on the Ed Sheeran album. That's the only logical explanation I have for why he would want to comment on this. <laughs> I love that thing. <laughs> John is just like the funniest face ever, just for context, guys. No, I just don't understand. Respond. I can see it. You're about to respond. Respond. He's shrugging his shoulders, guys. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> no, wait, I don't, whoa, I don't, what, what? Speak up. I have a cough. Oh. <laughs> I love it. Love to see it. Um. Anyway, um. I I don't think he wanted to be on Ed's album. Um. So what's, what, what explanation would you? I don't think he wanted to be on Ed's album. So why, think, why do you think he said it? <sighs> Maybe he's just got a thing about white people doing grime. Maybe no, that's it. He feels left out. It's but, the same reason why he got pissed off at Drake bringing out all those UK artists on the tour a few months ago. If that's what it is, he's feeling left out. He's oh, feeling, he has a opinion now. Yeah, that's all I have to say. <laughs> No, but he collaborated with Ed Sheeran back in the day. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't make sense to me. But Ed Sheeran wasn't who he is today back then. Yeah. Ed Sheeran is that the biggest he's ever been, like culturally the zeitgeist for Ed Sheeran is like a massive, Mm. momentous Mm. level. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like Venues he books, everything. I think he's done like 300 shows in the last 18 months or something. Bloody hell. Like worldwide. Is he not tired? That's wild. He's done, I think he's consistently, his last three albums have been like in the top five best-selling albums Mm -hmm. of the year worldwide. His last three projects. Wow. And obviously he's writing for everyone at the same time. So obviously Ed Sheeran, he was big back then, but he's, he's he wasn't. Still, he's still big. We've, no, but my, my point is that Ed Sheeran now, Ed Sheeran is now. Big God, at his peak, yeah, I was, was going to say like Divide is still, peak. isn't Divide still in the top 40? Yeah. Yeah. It's still in the top 10. It's going up. It literally, it, it literally keeps going up and down whenever I look at the official yeah. album chart. It's Ed, mad. Ed Sheeran it's is mad. the male Adele. They're doing well at, at Atlantic, that's all I can say. Mm. So <laughs> that's why. People are eating. And obviously now he's now bringing out Stormzy and Dave and LMA and all these other people that are on the album that I didn't listen to. Um, so yeah, that's why. And it's the same reason with Drake. Drake brought out damn near all of, all of South London and all of the UK at that tour, but Wiley wasn't there. And obviously Wiley is, you know, obviously, you know, a legend and the godfather of grime. And, you know, he kind of birthed a lot of these people. So it's kind mm. of, how are you not going to bring facts. me? How are you not going to respect me? But it's like, maybe you just, it, maybe there just wasn't a song that fit Wiley. Mm. <laughs> that might, that might be it. He just might not have been a song that Ed was like, huh. Yeah. Wiley on this song. Yeah. But he had to the whole world the on there. At the same time, though. at the same time, if you look at the features on the album, it is very much a stock of the biggest names in music right now. Mm. And the big, and even if they're not necessarily big in terms of sales and charting, in terms of like um, a respect thing. So like her's not selling massive for loads of records, but people are into her right now. Mm. And LMA's not selling loads of records, but LMA's had two massive singles in the last year. And you have um, Camila Cabello, AKA the B-list Selena Gomez and people like that. And... It's bare, bare, bare people who are popping right now are on the album. It's not like he's got fucking Grace Jones on there or, or fucking Q-Tip. It's like everyone on the album is big right now. Grace Jones. That's wild. You said Grace Jones. Yeah, why not? Let's repeat that for the podcast right now. Grace, Grace Jones. Jones why this guy not? said Grace Jones. Of course. <laughs> Legend. Albums upon albums mm. for days. Mm. Cool. I definitely think, yeah, there was a strategy going into this album and that's why I didn't listen to it. I was like, but why am I going to list? Get to Adam's that point, uh, you know, unfortunately, Wiley isn't as big as he once was. So 
I, and the thing is, I don't even think Ed was thinking in his head, I'm not deliberately going to put Wiley on mm. or whatever. His label and him too were probably like, let's get the biggest guys you can because you have enough clout. <laughs> enough social currency <laughs> yeah. to get these people. Mm. And also for them, it's a good look too. It's not even about Ed Sheeran trying to be cool. It's a good look for them. Mm. I'm sure for her, that was like, wow. Ed Sheeran's asked me to be on his album. That's massive for her. Mm. LMA, that's massive for her. Someone like Dave, Stormzy, that's massive for them. But, yeah. Mm. So wait, have you guys seen Wiley's track list for his new album? I haven't. Um, It's got Nicki Minaj on it. What? See, of course they'll be together. It's got, um, I think Popcorn is on it. Nice. And I'm just trying to remember off the top of my head who else is on it. Um, it's got quite a few US artists on there. Mm, um, so Nicki Minaj. Nah, there's quite a few. But Nicki Minaj. Nicki Minaj is on there. Yeah, the, yeah cool. she's on the song. The two um, Boasty is the first track on it, from what I remember. Oh, have really? You guys, have no. you got it up? Yeah, I'm about to put it up now. Right? Oh, yeah. okay. That's um, understandable. Really? I enjoy that Yeah, same. Yeah, I enjoy same. Boasty. Yeah. Um, but yeah, check out Wiley's latest, latest track list, sorry. Um, When's it dropping again? I have no idea. <laughs> no Is there idea. no release date with it? Or? I can't remember off the top of my head. Mm. Um, but yeah, for US listeners who don't know, so Wiley is a grime artist. He's known as the godfather of grime. Um, I think Nick said this already, actually. But check out his music if you like grime. Um, if you're outside of the UK, you might not have heard of him before. He does make good music. Um, any recommendations anyone's got? John, you said you were a fan of him. Do you have any recommendations for Wiley? In terms of songs in general? Yeah. I'd say um, Gangsters. Okay, start there. Yeah, it's one of those. Yeah, I can't remember what album it's from, but it's just such a good track. If you have the time to listen to Gangsters, it's it's got a classic grime beat on it. It's just amazing. Okay, cool. And probably if you want to listen to a bit more up tempo stuff, I'd say Where Are My Rolex. Wait, did it delete it from Instagram? Sorry, I think he deleted it from Instagram. Oh, okay. Cool. So that was the Wiley topic. Yeah, the VMAs were also this week. So, um, yeah, I'm just going to go straight in to some of the categories that we wanted to highlight this week. So first of all, and we're going to talk about them as we do in usual style. So video of the year, um, should I just do the winner? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So Taylor Swift, you need to calm down. Um, didn't watch this, but yeah, you guys got any thoughts? I, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. I'm going to be fair. I, I, I don't care for Taylor. I don't care I'd for really it. Don't. I don't. I don't. No, that's, but we don't care. <laughs> we don't care. But if I had to say like a good video from this list, because I'm also, although I'm not really her target audience, I'm not really going to be big on a big on a music anyway but i'd say in terms of like videos i have watched i'd say old town road was quite a funny one yeah i just like the production and the colors and the palettes that was using it i think it was quite My good issue isn't it's the... different yeah it yeah was it, was, it was cool it was just it interestingly wasn't, weird. yeah i didn't expect it to like have that storyboard like, yeah, running yeah, through yeah. it like i didn't yeah. expect it to be such a big budget well big budget of course but not big themes yeah. like going through it like that but yeah go on topic my issue isn't us liking Taylor Swift or not my, my thought is the song just came out like it came out within the last two months why is it nominated first of all and then how does she win over let me see that list but are we still are we still pretending that these big artists don't just pay for these awards no but you have Ariana Grande on there she's a big artist too and and even whether you like her or not that's, you know, it's been a big hit over the last year. Thank you, Next. I would have given it to Lil Nas X or Ariana Grande. Not Taylor Swift, who just came out. Yeah, yeah, well. Frank. And people don't, people don't pay for VMAs. Other awards, <laughs> yeah, I can, yes. 
not VMAs. Yeah, I kind of agree. With, I do agree with you on Thank You Next. I think that was quite a cool, a quite cool music video because I actually did watch that. I think the pop culture references, how it kind of oh, that was the Mean Girls one, wasn't it? Yeah, it had yeah. like it had like Mean Girls. It had Clueless. It yeah. had every sort of like pop culture movie from the 2000s mm. and the, if you put them side by side it was like exact moment very by, well done. moment by moment so whoever directed that music video mm. and obviously the people who worked on it as well congratulations it was that should have I, I think personally it should have been thank you next or old, old time road I've never heard this bad guy song by Billy you haven't Eilish. heard it no everyone's sure always you have, no not even an advert or something I've never heard it I've never heard any of her music. Before. Really? Same. I've never, never I, to be honest, I've heard the name, but yeah. I've never really gone out of my way and been like, hey guys, let's listen to Billie Eilish. Yeah, same. Like, it's I, just, I, I've I just never really had that, mm. that urge to jump out of my bed and go, do you know what? I need to listen to Billie Eilish this <laughs> yeah. morning. Yeah. She is obviously who can make me go to sleep because I, I, I think I did kind of listen to one of her songs and it yeah. kind of made me to sleep I, a little bit. I, <laughs> no I literally saw, so that I'm obviously earlier this year, the hype around her. So I listened to a bit of her project. There's like three or four songs that I, I appreciate. She's she's talented. She's, she's talented. number one right now, right? Yeah, she, yeah. well, she took over Old Town Road. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Her music videos are really good though. That's, that's one thing I can yeah. say. I did see the creative on, I can't remember what the track was called, but I just remember seeing the behind the scenes of how it was created. Mm. So essentially the music video has um, like paint coming out of her eyes. Mm. Ah. And then the creative of how that was done, it's quite, it's very interesting. I can't explain how it's done, but if you have a chance, just type in Peter Eilish, paint coming out of eyes, how it was done. Yeah. And it's just, it, it, they definitely got, they're definitely on point when it comes to the creative. Mm. The music's not for me, but in terms of the creative on music videos, 100%. Mm. I definitely think that she has a lot of creative control in like what she does and stuff like that. So yeah, I appreciate, appreciate it. Uh, she is um, being force fed down our throats, but, um, or some people's throats, but um, I do appreciate that she actually comes with a bit of quality from my opinion. But yes, we will move on from video of the year to artist of the year. So um, in this category, Ariana Grande won. Thoughts? That's fair. That's fair. But I'm just looking at the list. I'm wondering why Halsey is there. Trust me. I'm just very confused. I'm confused as well. Jonas Brothers. Come on, no, but Jonas Brothers. Yeah, big comeback. They, yeah. they, they came back quite a few. Year, artist of the year. Artist of the year. Yeah, but they've, it's such an iconic comeback. Come on. Yeah. Iconic already? It was four months ago. <laughs> it, was, it was iconic. Come on. Burning up when it came out back in the day. Come on. That was 10 years ago. So I, know, yeah. I know. I know. But it's like a group, as a group, you have to think about so it. So they should win it on the basis of something that happened 10 years ago. No, but what I'm saying is they deserve to be in that category, I think. Is artist of the year, I'd say. Nice. Maybe next year's VMAs? Yes. Not this year. Like, it's still too soon in that. Well, let's follow the trend of what's happening this year. So, Megan the Stallion won for a song that's two weeks. We're going to get We've into got this, this. No, but the thing you just said about um, the videos, the video awards being in two, I think they're just updating their how quick they do things now. I think it's changing. And that's stupid. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> Because I have no thoughts on that one. Um, song of the year, uh, obviously, Little Nas X, Billy Ray Cyrus, Old Town Road remix. What are your thoughts on that? Okay, that's cool. That could have gone to any one of them except Taylor Swift. Even Jonas Brothers. Oh yeah, that too. Drake, Ariana, Lady Gaga. Yeah. I, 
it would have been fair for any of those. To be honest, with Little Nas X being like obviously breaking the world record of on the Billboard charts, it doesn't. It makes sense that it's going to get number one regardless. I guess Thank You Next, obviously, because it has such a big fan base. But Voltan Road, it's just how can you say no to a song which is kind of dethroned Mariah Carey? Yeah, mm, yeah, <laughs> literally <laughs> dominated the globe. Yeah, exactly. It's literally dominated every chart until obviously a couple of weeks was it a week ago or a couple yeah. of weeks ago with Billie Eilish. Going I think to it's still top. It's still top five. Yeah, in some, in some in some countries, but like I guess on the Billboard, it's kind of it's been dethroned by Billie Eilish. So oh yeah, of, yeah, number one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it kind of makes sense with that song, with that track being number one of the song of the year, I guess as well. Mm. Cool. Um, best new artist, Billie Eilish. Wait, you missed one. Uh, we're not doing that. Oh, okay. This, cool. Yeah, you don't want to do best group. I, I personally don't mind because I think they're deserving. Clearly, uh, BTS. So I just have a comment on that. I'm surprised that Blackpink is in that as well. Oh, but, really? but then I'm not. I'm just like, it, okay, that's very interesting. It's just the whole, um, that's the Korean, right? Mm. Yeah, it's the whole Korean market. Just like they've broken more into more the prevalent. US this year a bit for for what they're for the international kind of artists and stuff like that. They've yeah. done quite well this year. Yeah. Do it's, you f- do you feel like it's being pushed onto us too much? The what the um, K-pop yep. thing? Do not f- yet. I don't think so. I know. I thought there's enough room for me to kind of have distance from it. Like, I don't feel like overwhelmed. BTS, obviously, clearly going to be overwhelming. But in terms of the whole movement, I don't think so as much. I think BTS more over here are the only kind of propelling dominant kind of force. Obviously, took over Wembley as well um, when they came. But I think in terms of America, the likes of like Blackpink and stuff like that are beginning to enter the market but in the uk i don't think they have as much kind of impact i think yet. worldwide really like there is definitely like it's a hot topic and it's definitely like it's a growing um scene right now but even bts like i'm aware that they're massive but i've still never heard any of their music mm. I, I still and even i actually googled them recently as much as their albums are selling well they are yet to have to have a hit a mm. traditional hit um as in with Blackpink, I'm aware of who they are, but they're not near, nowhere near the level of BTS just yet. Oh no, they're just entering the market. I know they um they were at Coachella, which is obviously a massive thing, mm. but I'm not. I don't feel like it's so overwhelming just yet. Maybe next year, mm. I feel like I may be forced to let me finally check out. But then I have friends who've been listening to K-pop for years. Mm. Yeah, I've listened to them. They're the, you know, but so there's to, another conversation to be had about mm. K-pop. But to answer your question, John, I think in terms of social media, I would say that some of the Stan accounts and the bot accounts have definitely been overwhelmed with. Like just any tweet that seems to go viral now, they seem to be tweeting a reaction to, or even if you just put the words like BTS or yeah. you put behind the scenes or something like that, they'll just come into your mentions and just put loads of memes and, yeah. Like, yeah. and gifts and stuff like that. So I think in terms of social media marketing, I would say that the Koreans have it down pat. Yeah. If you believe in all the bots and the click farms and stuff like that, then yeah, I would definitely say they have that down pat. Um, that's the only way that they've kind of overwhelmed me with this information because I don't listen to their music, but I definitely see them visibly whenever mm. I look at my phone. Mm. Um, so yeah, I guess, I guess, yeah, is the answer to your question. Their interactions are mental. Yeah, their interactions mental. are mental. I can agree with 100%. Absolutely if you look, mental. If you look at their Twitter account, like anything they post within like, 
20, like one minute, we'll get like 10K retweets, Scary. 10K likes. So you can definitely tell their audience is huge and not very active. I guess with the list as well, with five seconds of summer or five sauce, whatever you want to call it that. They're again, they're again, they're a good band. I actually like them. Five sauce. Five, that's what we call five Wait, stars. No, no, no. That's, yeah, that's why I see them. But do you think to. it's all genuine though? So yeah, like, it's, I think it's genuine, hundred percent. I think with okay. these, I think with these boy bands, they're obviously their audience is reactive. If it comes to BTS, like obviously, as you just, just mentioned, obviously when you post something, if it's beat, if you're talking about behind the scenes, mm. like, whatever you post, it's mm. gonna be there. Yeah, I guess with things like five stars or five seconds of summer. It's not that it's not in that type of way. So I guess mm. different different fan bases kind of act a certain way. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, and just to jump on your point, Han was on the show. If fans are taking the initiative to jump on flights, pretend to be air hostess, just to get close to BTS and become that super fan group. Forgot what they're called, you might know the name. But um their fan audience is definitely more um authentic than bot, in my opinion. Mm. There, there may be bots and there's going to be bots regardless here, there and everywhere, um, especially on the likes of Instagram. But I think definitely, yeah, definitely, definitely, <laughs> <laughs> definitely they've got a genuine audience engagement because if they didn't, it wouldn't translate into the mentalness I saw in Wembley when they performed and it wouldn't have translated into what's happening in their moment in the US right now mm. as well. No, I definitely see the presence. Even like one of my colleagues at work, his daughter is like a huge um, <laughs> BTS fan. And I'm just like, oh, that's very interesting because the younger generation seem to love them. Yeah. Like love yeah, BTS. They do. But yeah, I, I guess so. I guess. Mm. Um, so as before, so best new artist, Billie Eilish. Uh, thoughts on that one? I've never listened to her music, like I said. So Again, I've yeah. never listened no, to her music right, either. I know she's doing well. It's on fire so. right now, so... Having a good year. Going to get a Grammy. I am, I'm surprised that Little Nas X didn't win that, to be honest. No. I guess I feel like the industry, there's facets of the industry that won't want to recognise him as much as they could if he's a new artist like that and on fire like that. Um, and let's not forget the country issue still isn't resolved. Oh, like, oh, let's be real. Okay. Like the country issue still isn't resolved. Like as much as he's shot to number one on the main charts and all that kind of stuff, country still has a very big problem with black infiltration into their market. I think it's nothing to do with that because country isn't really a big component of the VMAs. I think it's just... In America it is. You could, it, no, but it is, yes. In, in America it's, it's huge, it's huge. But for the VMAs... But I'm not no. talking about VMAs, I'm talking widely into why, like, facets of the music industry, no, periods, would still reject him. A, a, but a I was bringing up a wider point of just the whole year of how he would do, like, in terms of other awards and stuff like that as well. I think what it is is that as much as people are loving him, there's still, like, maybe an unspoken, is he going to be a one-hit wonder? Whereas Eilish is obviously having a moment now, but I guess people will be seeing that there's potential and scope for her to be here for a while. Whereas Lil Nas X, so do you what's he going to, is that going to be, is he going to be a thing? Or is mm. this just for 2019, he's going to be a thing and then he disappear like Fetty Warp and other people in the past? Her album's critically acclaimed as well, just okay. to put it out there. But do you think the remixes of, of Old Town Road have worked against him then? in terms of people being scared that he's a one-hit wonder. He's no, not though. No, he's not a one-hit wonder. He has, he has Panini and he's obviously remixed the song millions of times and he makes jokes about this mm. and references quite a lot on his Twitter saying, um, me making the tw like 2000th version of fucking Old Town Road. So <laughs> it's kind of, he knows that he knows that he, it's a joke. Yeah. But at the same time, I think he does want to make music. Yeah. But see, I think, I think 
Well, first of all, Panini has, isn't a hit yet. Mm. I'm sure it will be now. But it's top 40. No hit until top 10, in my opinion. It's no hit unless it goes top 10, in my opinion. Secondly, I think even the, the thousand remixes, are, I think it's because him and his label, like, let's just milk this cow for as much as we can because yeah. it was originally number one. Like, mm. why did it need so many remixes? Like, yeah. maybe before it went number one. Like, obviously, when it was just him, he put Billy Ray on and then it went did well but like it's been number one for like 12 weeks why are you now having like a remix of young thug and this and that and this person and that person and oh we're gonna get the dream on like but wh- why mm. like <laughs> the dream that he tweeted that the t- oh, yeah but some of it's like banter like no, but, yeah yeah it's like some of it's joke okay, but still the point is there were several remixes of a song that was already a massive global hit like it didn't need anything. Like, what more could you have done? Mm. It was already number one, like, worldwide. And I think it's because, like, let's just milk this cow. It's because much money as possible. And even if it's not a one-hit wonder, my point is, it's like, my point is, it, people may see him, I do personally, even though I do, like, some of the other songs, I, do, I don't see him lasting long. I think by, by next year, he's going to be a thing of the past. Oh, wow. Okay. How do you feel about him, John? Like, Lil Nas X? I think it's fun. It's for the kids. It's it's, it's not fun. It's, it's 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 fun. It's fun music. It's just put it this mm. way. It's fun music. It's for the kids. It's not. It's not of my taste. But obviously, I like. I understand why it's popular as a trend. Mm. He's kind of he's kind of been able to infiltrate the music industry in the sense of understands how in the, the internet pop culture works. 100%. So, so obviously, as a, originally he was a stan account for I think it was Nicki Minaj. Nicki Minaj. Correct. And um, he's been able to kind of evolve that into an actual an actual business and obviously he's able to rap maybe sing a little bit and he's been able to bring out an ep essentially but what he does after this ep that is what everyone's kind of waiting waiting for him to do essentially mm, that's the question yeah yeah I can def- he can he keep up this hype after the after panini and obviously any other songs because you've got cardi b on the ep you've got they'll definitely um, milk that at some yeah point. of course you've got you've got all these different acts are on there but what is you gonna do afterwards mm, definitely and that's what i'm saying I'm saying like, and I think in comparison to the other ones nominated, so um, obviously Billy won. There, obviously she's being forced fed down her throats, <coughs> but I think it's kind of like understood that there is something there, like there's someone, something genuine. This isn't just like a joke or fun or whatever. There's even if she flops for the rest of her life after this, <coughs> it'll be like, and it does happen. The best new artist curse is a real thing, but I just think industry wide, and even like even in terms of fan bases and even just in terms of us as regular people, I think we probably we look at Billy's rise differently to Lil Nas X's rise. Like, mm. even though even though I've never listened to her, I feel like, well, I think she might be here for a while. She seems to be doing really well. And I think apparently she's actually talented. I don't know. I don't know anything about her. But Lil Nas X, I think it's just kind of like a, it's here for now. It's like, it's like yeah, it's fun. It's for the kids. <laughs> nice gowns. Nice. Yeah, literally. <laughs> like, like, that's what I'm saying. I feel like, like maybe that's why, like, it's even best new artist is it'd be like, mm, cause mm. imagine the VMA is doing a, hit, a rundown history in 20 years time. Oh, the best new artist in 2019. Lil Nas X, who? <laughs> Boy. Uh, just for context, she won best push artist of the year as well. Um, so yeah, there's a definitely an industry push right now. Um, so yeah, uh, we'll move on to best collaboration. So Sean Mendes and Camila Cabela, Senorita won best collaboration. Have no thoughts. Same. I've never heard this song in my life. I've never heard this song in my Either life. Have I don't know um, about it. I'm- I'm sure the production on it is amazing, but I I just I, yeah. I don't know any of these any of these songs. But once again, there should have been Lil Nas and Billy Ray Cyrus or Lady Gaga. 
in my opinion. That song with Lady Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper was was overplayed. That's all I can say. So yeah. I, can, I can understand why it's in the best collaboration because mm. it was everywhere at one time. I remember just you couldn't escape it. Mm. It was literally everywhere. And the Shawn Mendes and Camilla. Yes, song. speak. Oh wait, I'm thinking about their relationship. Continue. Sorry. Okay. He, <laughs> didn't, he didn't go speak about their fake relationship afterwards. <laughs> fake um, relationship. Is, um, Shawn Mendes is. Never mind. Um, wow. <laughs> Woo. Yeah. Um, this once again, the song just came out. <laughs> like, how are we already winning awards? Like, the song literally just came out like a good month ago. Mm. And that's why I think, like, some of these awards that I saw this year, and it's been more so this year than in, in previous years, it's like. <clears throat> And it, if you're gonna, it's like the song just came out. The VMA is, is is in the flippy description every year. It's reflective of the biggest hits, biggest moments of the pr- the past year. Mm. This came out a month ago. Yeah. Why is it? Why is it winning an award mm. for best collaboration of the last year mm. when there are people in this earth who have not even heard the song yet? Yeah. Mm. Whereas you can't tell me no one didn't hear um shallow or or town wrote. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely there's a trend. VMAs have just proven some of the, that they've some changed. Of the winners this year were, were yeah. ridiculous. And they literally not, have changed. Yeah. It's not even a case of me liking them or disliking them. It's like no, objectively, this doesn't make sense. Mm. But what if we're not that cool enough for Senorita? It came out a month ago. So but what if we're just not that cool? I'm just, and the thing is, what I'm, I'm, th- I'm just thinking of the wider point of if it is the whole year, one month is still inclusive of that. So like maybe that like it still is inclusive of that. It would be subjective to not include it and then make an award, an award winner be someone who's just released or been in the two months. So maybe the industry is just changing. Like the award shows, I think award shows are changing in terms of positions they have, mm. in terms of uh, the new generation's reaction to them, in terms of how they award things. I think yeah, we maybe place too much onus on how it, it was done before. And maybe it's kind of like, it, they are changing, you know, they they just are changing and it's something we might just have to get used to. Stupid decisions or not. We personally may think it's stupid decisions, but I would personally love to see like all of these big artists. I'd love to see their like release plan. I don't know if that's an actual thing, but like when they're going to release the songs around the period and yeah. if it's before the awards. Definitely is done. Like yeah, to so, get into Grammy period, to get into this yeah. period, to get into that. Yeah, definitely. Because by the looks of it, people like release stuff around like the VMAs, for example, just so that they can be in like the crop of like best mm. throughout the entire year. Yeah. Rather no, than but really- that's my thing. And Trope like- made a point about even Missy like two weeks, a week or two ago mm. about how the winners of the Vanguard obviously have to release. have, a re- or he I thinks that have, have to, to, but it says but- it's a convention that mm. they have had a major release and you were post right. or mid to it. And I want to point that out, by the way. <laughs> I was going to say that I was right. Literally less than a week later, she released that EP. Yeah, you're right. You were right. But my point is, it's not even a case of award shows are changing and that it's about release plans. My point is, it's like, you like Taylor Swift, be at the award show, perform, like that's definitely perform and be there. But I don't see why you're already being nominated. Mm. <laughs> because yeah. ideally these songs should be for next year's mm. <laughs> award shows. Like by all means, perform your stupid song, you need to calm down or whatever, at this year's promotional gathering. Of course, by all means. You have an album out, push it, I'm here for it. Even though I will be listening to it, I'll, I'm here for it. But then get your <laughs> nominations. Because with the Grammys now, these songs she's putting out won't be nominated until the, not, um, the upcoming one in 2020. It'll be 2021 mm. that should be getting nominated for these awards. Because that makes sense. Mm. But, and like I said, if, if that is the case, why would you have Old Town Road in the same 
in the same category when you know that's once again been everywhere mm. and it was a collaboration. But anyway, that's me. I think to play devil's advocate here, if you're putting on an award show, wouldn't you want to include Shawn Mendes and Camilo Cabello's fan base basically coming towards your show? Mm. So if you didn't include that in that song in that category, more people are not going to watch it. They were already going to perform though. So the eyes were going to be there anyway. And that's what I'm saying, Taylor Swift too, she was already going to perform. But maybe that was a bargaining chip. What do you mean? As in, they can only perform if they're nominated. I don't think Sean Mendes and Camilla um, are at the positions in for it to, to demand such things because the VMAs is a massive <laughs> promotion. They have huge for. fan bases. They, 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 they do. Huge. They, they do. all do. Yeah, they all do. But the VMAs is still a promo- is like a massive promotional tool for an artist, especially when you're in an album campaign. So it's like, like, and that's what I'm saying. Even if you're not nominated, if you have a new album out, you're gonna want to perform. Da, 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 da. It makes it makes sense. So like obviously like Normani performed because she just put a song out. She should be performing, mm. but motivation isn't anywhere this year yeah. <laughs> in the nominations. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, you're right. I think it's a good question now. If we're not going to nominate, obviously Senorita, which, which one? What song would you pick instead Old from time, that list? What was All Time Road or Lady Gaga? I would have put my money on Ed Sheeran. I'm not going to lie. You just, would, just you would just, want him to win, Ed Sheeran. No, I would put my money on it just because Justin Bieber's on it. Are you a Justin Bieber fan? No, but it's just I know how big he is. So I'm not saying I want him to win. I'm saying I would have put my money on them to win. And really? my, yeah. I my thing, Interesting. My thing isn't about wanting to win or whatever. Mine is just, I just want things to make sense. Mm. <laughs> like make it make sense. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's literally my, my whole thing about it. But Nick, in terms of your surprise, like if we look at the list... And the people that in are terms on of there. what, in terms of my surprise, yeah. Why am I surprised? The Ed Sheeran thing. When I said Ed Sheeran, oh, surprised like, for Ed Sheeran. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so if you look at the list, you have got BTS, Lady Gaga, Little Nas X, Ed Sheeran, and Justin Bieber, Taylor Swift. Like out of that list, to me, the standout person is Ed Sheeran and Justin Bieber. Like obviously, for what reason? For best collaboration. Yeah, like what, like what makes them two out of the list stand out to you? I'm not talking in terms of um, quality of music. I'm talking about in terms of starhood. So the fact okay. that it's two stars on one song and um, it, it did quite well on the chart, I believe. Did it not? Yeah. It yeah, it was, well. ev- it was everywhere. Yeah. So I'm, I'm quite surprised that they weren't or they weren't in the beginning of our discussion. I actually thought they would be the winners. Fair. Again, that fair. song came out fairly recently, so that's why I didn't say anything. Mm. Yeah, I mean, most of these songs came out fairly recently, to be fair. Um, when did um, the remix with Little Nas X come out? Like in March. April. So this early this year? Yeah. Ah, okay, year. cool. Oops, All right, cool. Should we move on to the next one? We can. Um, best hip hop. So that was, if I'm not mistaken, Cardi B's Money. Yeah, I'm confused. Yeah, I wanted 21 to win this. I'm not going to lie. Oh, no. I was going to say Travis Scott. Oh, I didn't even see the, mm, for, mm. the award shows. Have not been nice to Travis Scott. Yeah, like, it's true. Not been nice to Travis. Kardashians Scott. Kardashians eat up there. Anyway, literally, no, literally, Kylie, get on it. <laughs> <laughs> nah, like I'm surprised as well. The Travis um, has been getting snubbed at every major, and award it's show. always sicko mode as well that he's being snubbed for. It's, it seems to always be that song. Money. I just I feel like oh, it's Cardi B. It's good to her. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> I, I agree. No, I agree. That's what it was. But if you used to go around this table right now, what song of that list have you been listening to the most? But isn't it visuals? It's for visuals. It's, it's for visuals. Oh, it's visuals. So oh, thinking like, oh, visuals. See, this is the thing. Another thing about VMAs. It, as much as it is about visuals, it is also kind of like the song. 
it is the song and mm-hmm. the artist yeah. as well. It's like, it's also about what was popular, what's right. been big. Mm. If, so yes, I don't, cause I don't think the VMAs, even from its inception in the eighties, it's never been totally about the actual video. Even from the days of Madonna and Michael Jackson and Prince and Janet, it's always been a, a mixture of, was it a good video? How big is the artist? Was it a hit? Et cetera, et cetera. Because if that's the case, there are several videos that came out of the last year, which were amazing, mm. which will not get nominated because they don't have the star power or yep. they didn't chart yeah. or they weren't big hits. Yeah. So I guess to kind of remix your question, John, you're asking um, on this list, is it music and video who we would have chosen? <coughs> yeah, base essentially. Okay. Um, for me, it would have personally been, I love the video for 21 Savage a lot, but I didn't really play it that much, to be honest. It would have been for me, Travis Scott, um, Sicko Mode, just because I played the song and I love the video. Personally, I think it was creative in the way that they used, um, I think it's called Ken Burns. I think they use a lot of Ken Burns, which is like the zoom in effect in like um, editing programs. But I loved the edits and everything in that. So definitely sicko mode. Got to agree with you on that one. It's definitely Travis Scott sicko mode. It's just the visuals in that were really good. Yeah. In terms of color palette, it's just, mm. it's very psychedelic, I'd say. Yeah. Very trippy. Very trippy. Mm. Yeah, that's another thing. It actually was a good video. Yeah, <laughs> and, it, and, it, and it and it and it doesn't stop as well. It gets it changes the beat changes up, and obviously Drake gets on and it goes back to back to original. Mm. So it's just like, how did it not win? Like it's just the, the track is amazing, the video visuals was amazing, but then it lost the Cardi B money. Yeah, which Cardi B is the it girl of hip hop right now, mm. or someone's trying to make her the it girl. Yeah, they're trying. <laughs> I think we can say Cardi is. Mm. I'm just saying it, someone is. Or people are. <laughs> um, should we move on? Oh, I just want to, this is like off tangent slightly, but with Travis Scott, I was really surprised that he went with like a theme park aesthetic for his album. I thought... That is so random. No, it, no, it is. <laughs> but it, it, was, it was random to be fair, but it, it was a cool aesthetic, I guess. I thought he would go with like something to do with space or something. And that's why with his aesthetics, I'm quite surprised with like the music videos and stuff. I don't know what to expect from them. So that's partly why I liked it as well. But I was surprised he went with the whole theme park thing for Astroworld. But yeah, that was off tangent. Cool. Best R&B, um, Normani featuring Black, Waves. I mean... Why is Childish Gambino there? Why should he not be? <laughs> Feels like summer. Hey, that was a good video. Wait, when did This Is America come out? Was it last year? Yeah, yeah that was last yeah. year. Shit. <laughs> yeah, that was last year. Um, yeah, as you know, Nick and Eden, John, you go. I have some thoughts, but I'll go last. I haven't seen the video, so I can't really comment on it. I've heard the song. I haven't seen the video. Um, I don't really have any thoughts, to be honest, on it. None? No, like, oh. indifferent to it. I really don't have any. <clears throat> oh, <bro>. whoa, whoa. <laughs> no, you're right. <laughs> that so basically, the su- my, su- my soul, it. my soul just came out of my body. If, if you listen to this right now, so essentially, <laughs> essentially, I don't really have an opinion on this because I didn't really feel any type of way to any, any of these tracks. To be fair, I actually was surprised that the R and B category was even even existed for the VMAs this year because you know R and B is still kind of in terms of the mainstream, not really a thing like aside from a select few artists. But um, in terms of Normani winning, I did think it was like an incredible video. Like it mm-hmm. was a really good, really good visual. But once again, in terms of the mixture of good visual, how big the artist was it a hit, I would have thought the obvious choice was LMA's trip. <coughs> that was, but because I do love Normani and like I said, Waves was actually like a phenomenal 
visual. Like it was a really good mm. video. At least she kids don't know why she's there, but okay. yeah, I don't know. yeah. Anyway, yeah, okay. <laughs> 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 and I love Alicia Keys, but I don't know. Mm. Mm. Has anyone heard Razor Man? I have. But I don't. Have you I haven't heard it. Yeah, no, so. <laughs> no, I haven't, I, I haven't either. Shout out to Alison Pack for being nominated for VMA, though. Shout out, shout. I didn't think he would ever be nominated for such a, a big award like that. Oh yeah. Shout out to him too. Is there a video for that song? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know. <laughs> this is really bad. And I don't blame you because Alison Pack is one of those artists where it's just like, for me, it's about I just like her music. I don't yeah. Really, Go check out your videos. Mm. There is a video for that. Oh, I know. And he actually is underrated for making visuals. Like, I don't really think about it often, but he actually does have really good videos. Like his video for the waters on Malibu was really good. And on a on a very 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 tangent, we need to respect Jenny Aiko. She actually gives us great visuals, but it's not really discussed. It's not really discussed. Jenny has some really really well shot and really creative visuals, but it's never really discussed. <laughs> I don't know why, but I'm thinking. I'm trying to think of someone. All I can think of is supposed to be. I don't know why. That's so, literally. Yeah, that's, that, that is literally. That's the same with me. That so is literally all I can think of. Is so song that isn't hers. Chris Brown and yeah. obviously Amari, Amari and then just like swaying left and right yeah, with, the, with, the, with the white background. Yeah. <laughs> so the song that isn't hers. Is that like symbolism for something? I don't know. I feel like <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. That's, <laughs> whoa, whoa. that's what I'm saying. Like someone did like a thread on Twitter like a few weeks ago. I was like, actually, wait, yeah. Jenny actually has some really cool videos, but it's not really discussed. I can't think of any. So, the, the oh, that, the worst wasn't that bad. The one where she's in the kitchen. Yeah, I remember the worst. Yeah, yeah I, I would say Wading, Maniac. Um, um, what's that song? Oh, um, When We're Young. That was a really good video. Um, and what's the song with um, YG? Never Call Me. That was a really good video. Oh, that song's a banger though. That song See, is a banger. See, it's songs. Yeah, I know. But and like, she's another one. Jenny, I think because of one where the people just like her music. Mm-hmm. But like, after that thread, I was like, oh yeah, Jenny actually has had over the years some really, really good vi- visuals. Yeah. She works with great people for her, her videos. Mm. So shout out to her. Cool. Cool. Um, I just want to make a quick note about Best Latin, which was Rosalia and J Balvin Conatora, um, which I love the visual for. However, I have a bit of a political issue with Rosalia um, and what's happening in terms of the Latin American market. So I am, but I can be critical about people I like. Um, in terms of jumping into the Latin American field only this year and usurping in terms of an access, she has no access to Billboard right now, no real impact. It's kind of just the media fueling this. So I just think it's really interesting that she won and um, there was like a really popular journalist who did a thread earlier this week Um, I forgot his name I'll get it up later for you or put it in the notes but um, yeah it's just really interesting how she's usurping kind of the Latin American market right now or the mainstream media is doing it because she specified earlier that she's just dabbling having a bit of fun doing it the respectful way stuff like that so I think it's really interesting that the media want this European kind of white artist to kind of win all these awards, get all this attention above actual people who made Billboard impact in the last couple of months. So yeah, I think it's really interesting that she won. Um, Where's she from? She's from Spain. She's European. So it's just really interesting that, yeah, she's jumped into the Latin American market. Um, And it's quite a new sonic move for her she hasn't really done she's usually done spanish pop or other kind of subsets of um music in spain so it's just interesting seeing mm. her trajectory right now but yeah that was it wasn't in our list but i just but wanted to mention issue? it i don't get it what's your issue with her what, just of what's before? happening in terms of the her going into latin american music latin trap um and all that kind of stuff and 
winning awards for it like it's just it, even though it's a visual award and I did like Cordura but I just think it's interesting what's happening in both media um and what like her positioning is there like going being a Spanish artist going into the Latin American market and building a presence off of basically little to no impact it's more the media fueling this narrative and she has the songs that she releases or that she's been on haven't done anything necessarily so it was just really interesting that she mm. won the award and uh, you know that's one that's one thing that i commend you for nick the fact that you actually critique artists that 100% you like. critique j cole so, for I the think, misogyny yeah. you know 100%. i think it's important yeah 100 i'm not a stan that just won't mm. critique the artist but yes best power anthem which is a new award category what um does even mean I, I think that's exactly what literally I'm um power, I'm oh i think i know what it so means. i think i know what it means so um, just made it up on the this day. year uh hot girl summer which was released about two or three weeks ago but megan the stallion featuring ty dollar sign and Nicki minaj was the winner for so anyone's got any thoughts on that i just watched shoppe said it doesn't have a video so why is it in the vmas <laughs> <laughs> so yes that is a good question because it's, it's literally just come out as a remix no you can't tell me these people no as a song it's like an official song okay so it's an official so it's just a yeah. song shoppe these people buy these awards man come on you can't tell me because hot girl summer on its own has has been a huge anthem but to put it as best i mean it's falling down the bill to, put it, as, to put it as best power anthem so fast mm. What is, I'm guessing power just means like a social issue that is like empowering people. I'm guessing that's what it means. I don't think it's a social issue. I think they it's just for that power. Too. I think <laughs> it's just like impact power. Like yeah. I think it's that. It's but. like a social media award. It's something like that. But it doesn't have a video. <laughs> yeah. And it came out two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> and it's shit. Mm. Yes, it is. What else was in this category? Miley's recent song came out yes. like, as well. <laughs> so what about our friend Lizzo? I would have given it. I, I wouldn't have given it to that song. I would have given it to Lizzo or Ariana. For tempo, really? Well, it was it was a big thing on social media when it came out. You know, the video did numbers. You know, people really resonated. I don't personally care for Lizzo's music. Um, her spirit doesn't mesh with mine, um, or her music doesn't mesh with me. But it was, you know, it was a big thing on social media when it came out. So or Ariana. Ariana, who would you have given it to, Nicholas? Don't really understand the award to have given it to anyone. <laughs> anyway, Song of the Summer, Ariana Grande, Social House Boyfriend. Thoughts? No, 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 no. Have I heard this song? That says that says everything. I don't think I've heard this that, song. And that says a lot. <laughs> it's a lot of nominees in this, actually. I would have said probably Little Tecca, Rans- Ransom was, work, was quite a good tune. I keep but... seeing um, Instagram adverts for that, but I've never heard the song. Really? Yeah. I think I've seen visuals, but I, I've never actually taken in the song properly that's interesting there's so many other songs in here that were more deserving but you gave it to once again a song that came out like a month ago like you have old town road in there you have Jonas brothers in there billy eilish and some something else but i just don't get to who decided the awards this year the logic i don't get it oh the london is nom- nominated that mm. surprised me interesting yeah, I don't, I don't see anyone on this list that I would have given it to. I do like the, let's not start this. I do like the talk video by Khalid. Cool. But um, yeah. In fact, even he would have given it to. Yeah. He's nominated. Yeah, he I would have been fine if he won. Yeah. I think there's definitely better songs than that. But again, paid for the award, in my opinion. Um, there's something going on here. But yeah, I don't know. 
I don't, I don't, I haven't seen it. So maybe if I watch it, it's good. But right now, I'd, most of the people I know probably haven't watched it. So I don't know. No, it's been it's like, it's doing well. The song's doing well. It's just, but it just came out. Mm. That's my thing. It just came out. Hmm. Like it's very new, but whatever. Anyways. Cool. So the performances, um, on my end, I only caught a few. So I'll quickly discuss uh, Normani's motivation. It was amazing um, for her. Didn't like she actually did gymnastics on stage, so that was cool. Um, it was a shame that she lip sunk. I hope when she gets like more developed and stuff. Did you uh, create anything else? I hope when she gets more developed that she could actually sing it live and focus on that. So I think that. To be honest, she's still a work in progress. So we'll see, hopefully, if she improves as time goes on. But did I like motivation. Think live? I wanted her to, but yeah, all parts. Um, her anti, I'm not really feeling the spoken word Smith, but um, yeah, I love her, but different song would have been great. Um, Missy Elliott, amazing theatrics, really pays homage to so many eras, so many moments in there. I love the lose control moment. I wish CC came out for a little bit of that. It would have been great, but um, I, it was a great production. And I think great homage to an act that has had so much time in the industry and continues to try and push the envelope. Um, Can I just add to that? I was really surprised that a lot of people were like, oh, is that the girl from the music video? Like, you know, Alison Stoner. Yeah. Uh, because she's been in Step Up and she's been in so many things mm. since being in that music video. So I'm really like... Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. Yeah, I'm just like... you, you Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. She had a little acting moment. Yeah, it's not like she then. disappeared and then just came back. This girl has been acting for years, which is a bit rude. She, she kind of, As she, of late though. No, no, like, no, no. After like, when, after like Disney Channel years, she kind of did disappear. No, nah, Step Up. She was a teenager. We, 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 no, but which, which, it's still you, like. Step but can you name what Step Up movie? It was Step Up Four. The if one it wasn't, I think. If it wasn't I think the first two doesn't matter. And that kind and of it's bring, like she's had it. There's been at least a seven to eight year hiatus I, or something. She's been like all lower roles or like yeah, not really prominent yeah. stuff. And I think that kind of brings it back to she was in what has she been doing since Disney days? Now, even though then a lot of people didn't even stop stop watching the stuff up movies after I think it's two. Yeah. yeah. Like around two, obviously two was- People like, who have sense. Yeah, yeah. people who have sense. Thing. I think they're on like step up 54 right now. <laughs> <laughs> there's about to be, a, there's a series. There's a series. There's a series. Literally There's a step up series? On YouTube. You know, YouTube have their streaming thing. Saw an advert like one time. I was like, what the hell is going on here? But yeah, anyway. Continue. Like Edith said, but she's a step up, but not the ones that matter. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, mean, I, guess, like, I guess you could say she's stepped down. <laughs> like, what's the, what was it you did? It was step up four, I think. So who was watching that? <laughs> I watched it. Eden, can, can you confirm you watched step up four? Yeah, of course. I'm, but I'm, did you stop after step up five? I can't even remember. Okay, well, you did. You was definitely a step up for But cheekily watch. I only realized. Like, yeah, I, really I only realized recently how pub, like problematic those movies were. Like it was just this random it was a white, mess. This random yeah. hot mess. Wait, this random white kid would go to the hood and then outdance everyone. <laughs> <laughs> everyone Suddenly, popping, locking, and dropping it in the rain. Just everyone so in the, the hell? couldn't dance. Like <laughs> suddenly, we haven't got coordination in the black yeah, community. It makes sense. It makes makes no sense. I can completely agree with you on that. Like it makes the storyline for those movies. It's like a one big formula. It's like, obviously white kid goes to hood area for some strange reason. No one in the hood can dance. (laughs) And then suddenly the white kid can for some strange reason, which makes no sense because with like like, like stereotypically, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. What I'm and saying. then there's an elite school, and he's the one that gathers them all together to like help their hood. Let's, let's dance. dance. Like, let's dance. <laughs> Do you know what they saw? They saw you got served on honey and thought, let's just remix that and make it a bit more for the white audience. Yeah, Channing Tatum loves acting black in in his in his movies. Like, oh, Coach Carr, anyone? I forgot he was in that, you know. Was he? Oh, yeah, I, I, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. He, he's um, role, it's like a stereotypical culture of what a black man's supposed to be. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cheeky hoodie, you know, when he shaves his head and yeah, he's just racially ambiguous. Literally, he literally, no, I'm saying like, they treat him like. Like all he needs to do is shave his head and then he's racially ambiguous. Like, yeah, I, no, to, to be fair, I used to get that as well. I'd shave my head and people would feel, God, I don't know, I'm Latin or something. Or, I don't know. Cheeky Latin. Well, well, they do that with light-skinned people anyway. Like, people mm. used to think I was, like, mixed race and shit. So I'm just like, okay, yeah, okay, mm. I get that. But Anyways, I'll quickly speed through the other two I liked, which was um, Rosalia Ozana. They performed three songs, which I'm not going to pronounce because I'm not Spanish or Latin American. So yeah, but a lot, it was really good in terms of Rosalia's stage presence. She is a good performer. Um, J Balvin did what he had to do as well. Um, so it was a nice little bit of, um, yeah, it's the fact that they performed in Spanish as well. It was great. Um, in terms of J Balvin and Bad Bunny as well, as you guys know, I love my Latin American genres. So they performed as well. And I think the production value was great. Live vocals a bit all over the place with Bad Bunny. But um, in terms of them being like in the air and stuff like that, it was it was fun to watch. Bad Bunny is a fun comical guy. I could see him being a cartoon character. So, and no, his visuals are really <laughs> like that. So yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like he brought as much of that to the stage as he could. And that is all I watched. Yeah, I didn't watch Big Sean or ASAP Ferg. Didn't really care for it, but yeah. That's me. I didn't watch any of these. Just let you guys know. I will. I heard the Missy Elliott one was quite good, but I didn't really watch any of these whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. So I saw Missy and Numani's performance and a bit of hers performance. I loved that um, Missy just didn't do like her obvious tracks. I liked that she did past that Dutch and Hot Boys, mm. and um, she actually made me kind of like her new song, that Throw It Back song, because I did not care for it when it came out. But after watching, I was like, oh, maybe you know, it's a bit of a vibe. It's a bit of a bop. Um, Normani was incredible like just she recreated the energy and the vim and everything that we got from the music video I did not expect to sing live because one it's very dance centric it's very dance heavy and secondly she's not a vocalist so I wasn't expecting her to sing live um, and yeah that's it for me John did you see any of the performances um, to be honest the only performance I saw was, was obviously Miss was obviously Missy Elliott other than that I didn't really catch any of the any of the performances on there, but I do think that they did give it like a. I did think Missy gave a very good performance when it comes to "I Can't Stand the Rain." I think that's such a iconic. Yeah, I think that's such so an iconic cool. song, yeah. and it's just the visuals on it. Even even right now, it's just it's it's a great it's just a great tune. It's a good, yeah. great track, and the production's amazing. And Missy as an artist deserved that award. She outdoes yeah. herself every time of in course. terms of like visuals like always push the envelope so yeah it was nice it was nice to see her on stage again it was really nice to see her mm -hmm. just perform and yeah I think the theatrics they really got it accurate in terms of conveying every era as they could um so yeah Missy is a force of nature so we're going to start the interview now with John so John is a social media manager he looks after Jameer Kwai and the Kiss accounts on social media um do you want to introduce yourself more John just talk about yourself 
So essentially, I look after social media accounts for Kiss and artists as well. So in the past, I've done social media for many artists. I've worked on Hosier. I have worked on Tom Walker. And before that, I used to work for Relentless Records, doing digital channel management for them. And before that, I've worked on various different brands. So kind of like a 360 on basically accounts in general. So it's been mainly predominantly entertainment music. But I have worked on like food accounts, restaurants, drinks accounts. So it's always, it's for me, it's been an interesting journey. I've been working on, I've even worked on uh, women's makeup at one time as well. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I have had experience in all different types of social media accounts. So it's been an interesting journey mm. and kind of how I got into social media as well. It's, I start off being pretty much a fan. So let's just think Bebo MySpace days. Mm. Now, if, if any of you guys have Bebo MySpace. Had Bebo had MySpace, yeah. Never had Bebo. Had I had MySpace. MySpace, yeah. Okay. So essentially on Bebo, um, I used to run basically fan accounts. Ah. So like band pages back in the day, Bebo band pages mm. for artists, which weren't on the site at the time. So I ran quite a few different ones. Um, one of the ones I ran at the time was Pharrell's. Oh, really? <laughs> I actually ran Pharrell's one back at the time. So this is around the time when In My Mind came out. It was like literally, I think it's the second single or third single. I can't remember which one it was. Angel. Angel. And then you had That Girl as, that girl as well was one of the singles. Oh, yeah, yes. That Girl, that girl as well was one of the singles. And I was running accounts. I had like a fan. I had, don't laugh at me now. I had a fan page for Soldier Boy at the time. <laughs> that's iconic. Yeah. Like, that's that's quite, it, 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 I ran a Soldier Boy fan page at the time. Hmm. Because it was cool. It was like the- mental. Yeah, it was mental because the engagement on it, I remember at the time, was it was getting like, I think it was like a comment every one minute. So it was kind of just like a, like a wow. dumping ground for like advertising. Wow. And another account I ran at the time was, uh, it's probably off key, but I was actually a Kooks fan at the time. So I ran Luke Pritchard's personal account at this time. Wow. And I ran, <laughs> ran the official account as well. So essentially I started off making fan pages and then I had like labels at the time because obviously it was, it was such an emerging market being a digital marketing. They didn't know what it was. Mm. So they were just approaching me saying, hey, do you want to run our page for us? So I was like, cool, great. I ran these pages. And not understanding, obviously social media at the time was quite young. I'm talking like 13, 14 years old. I'm actually right. I'm actually doing basically what I'm doing now, but I was doing it back in like 2006, 2007 times. So Mm. it's like, that's like Bebo and MySpace days essentially. So I was doing like single releases. I was creating like Bebo banners. Basically I was doing the marketing essentially. For free. (laughs) Yeah, for free at the time. Wow. So that's kind of how I got into social media. It was just something I've always enjoyed. It's something I've always done as a hobby. And as you know, as one as you know, one social networking site dies, it kind of another one reappears. So mm-hmm. after Bieber and MySpace kind of basically faded away, I looked into it as more of a career, and I kind of realized, you know what? Um, I really want to do this as a career. I enjoy running these pages. I love making like banners and all the stuff. So I looked into it more of a career and kind of found like a social network net, social networking site, which I kind of found the most comfortable on. So you had Facebook at the time. You then had Twitter, I think was emerging around 2006, but I wasn't really into that that much. What was it, 2007? I can't remember. But anyways, I kind of found my platform and I just I basically created a bunch of accounts on Twitter. So I started off with a boy's thoughts. So a boy's thoughts was a generic quotes account at the time um it's very embarrassing it's not it's not active anymore <laughs> so you can search if you want but um so i was sweet i had like 100 i think i got I had like 150k followers on that or something but from that i kind of built from that one account i built various different parody accounts so 
Morgan Freeman. Yes, I did run a Morgan Freeman mm. parody account. So it was quite funny because everything I tweeted was basically you'd read it in his voice. Yeah. So I'd say something like titty sprinkles something, or something <laughs> stupid like that. And the most fu- most greatest thing about running those accounts is Morgan Freeman knows that account exists. Really? Yeah, he knows he knows it exists, which is quite, it's a cool thing to be acknowledged. Did he say in an interview or something? No, no, no. I got someone who knew, who knew, who basically knew him basically at the time. Oh, wow. Okay. That's so cool. I was like, oh, would he be interested in making it to a fan page? And he's like, no, he's happy to kind of keep it as the way it is, as long as you're not like making too many rude jokes, yeah. <laughs> too many rude jokes. Just basically, basically just keep it PG-13. Yeah. <laughs> so that's quite cool. It's quite cool to understand that someone like that knows you exist, basically. Mm. And you were telling us about the Will Smith one you had as well. Yeah, so basically I did run, I still I still run it, but I've changed it into like a, a Will Smith daily account. So back in the day, I ran a parody account of Will Smith, which I currently still do now. And essentially that was just like motivational quotes, very funny, quite a couple of funny things as well, kind of like Fresh Prince jokes and memes. And also I do run a couple of other ones. Well. Like I had like a Kevin Hart one, which was kind of like a, more skewed towards, I guess, like black humor mm. and stuff like that. At the time, it was quite funny. So I've run various different accounts and basically created myself and obviously do it professionally for, other, for brands and artists. Oh, wow. So you might be black emo thought then. No, I am not, <laughs> just to clarify this, I am not black emo thought and I completely un completely think their content's great but I'm not in any shape or form black emo thought repeat <laughs> I am not black emo thought <laughs> all. all right so let's go ahead with the questions um thank you for the introduction by the way um Shope, I think you had some questions do you want to go um yeah so I'm obviously very interested in how the internet has allowed social media to actually like be a career for people and obviously you've worked a lot with artists you've worked at a label so I wanted to ask where's my actual phrase that I wrote down. Yeah. So I only want you to kind of like break down like how you like plan and execute a social media strategy for someone like Jamiroquai and Tom Walker. Like, like what's the day to day of doing social media for artist accounts? So essentially first is looking at types of content, which they're already doing at the moment. So wherever an artist so essentially, in terms of creating like an artist, an artist strategy, you kind of look at what the, what their interests are. So, so for Tom Walker at the time, it was all about him. He loved traveling. He was loved doing. He, lo- he loved basically traveling essentially, and his content at the time just wasn't just wasn't that just wasn't there basically. So for that, I kind of had to come up with ideas of like what, how how can we basically showcase his personality a bit more, and for something simple like getting a million streams on a single, it was just like how can we do this? How can we celebrate him getting a million streams a single? And it's just like something simple as just being in a car listening to what kind of music does he like? Oh, he loved drum and bass. So the song he liked at the time, I can't remember the song off the top of my head, but it was like a drum and bass track. So he was in his car driving driving around. It's just like, I just got a million streams and he's like celebrating to that song. So it's just something so simple like that, just to kind of showcase your personality. Like it doesn't need to be animated all the time, but it's just... That's kind of the key thing, I guess, with show with kind of like getting an artist to kind of come out their show. I guess with Jamiro, I guess with Jamiroquai, it was all about um, everyone knows the band. Everyone thinks JK is the JK is Jamiroquai, but it's actually not. It's a band. It's you got a guitar, you got the percussion, per- percussion, you've got the drummer, you've got basically it's a it's a band essentially. Mm-hmm. But everyone thinks it's JK himself. Mm-hmm. So the strategy behind that was to basically showcase the band itself as well as I guess. Um, obviously showcasing showcasing JK as himself as well. Mm-hmm. So for example, people know about JK. They know he's got about the cars, the helicopters, the lifestyle. So if you go on his account right now, it's full of like him and his helicopter and his cars and stuff. Mm-hmm. And as well as that, so for Jamiroquai, I launched their Instagram. 
and Twitter account. So they basically wanted to basically reach a brand new audience. So through that, it's a no brainer. You want to launch basically an Instagram account. You want mm. to reach a much more younger demographic. And obviously at the same time, he has such an interesting life when it comes to cars, helicopters. And that's kind of a great way of kind of showcasing a personality, wherever mm. or not it's cars, whether you're like going, jumping off cliffs, whether you're like bungee jumping. I think that's essential. It's kind of finding ways for that personality to kind of show whether or not you're like a little Nas X who's more into their memes and jokes yeah. and stuff. That's a great way of showcasing your personality or whether or not you're more of a Lily Allen who's more um, opinionated on certain topics or or I guess, again, if you're a Wale, you love kind of interacting with your fans. You yeah. kind of got that kind of music, music opinions and stuff, obviously critiquing in a way. So it's kind of just finding that kind of place to kind of place yourself and yeah. kind of showcase your personality. And I think that's a great way of kind of building a social media, social media strategy around that. Obviously you've got your releases and stuff, but at the same time, building content around a personality will always win. I'd say. Hmm. Huh. Um, yeah, that's fairly interesting actually. And I kind of wanted your opinion on um, the way that little Nas X actually uses social media for his career. Um, and just the way, just how you think it translates to his music, because I think there was this fear that he would just become this one hit wonder. And um, I do think that his social media strategies kind of propelled him and helped him actually um, stay more relevant across the years, whereas some artists may have just released a one hit wonder and disappeared. So in a situation like, say you were given the account of Little Nas X, for example, when he just released um, oh, the song's gone out of my head. Old Town Road. Old Town Road. How would you kind of make sure he stays relevant what would you do well from him for well from his own strategy himself i'd say tiktok tiktok would have been a great way to kind of launch and i think a lot of artists at the moment that's that seems to be that the main platform of launching an act mm -hmm. it doesn't work for everybody don't get me wrong it's not yeah. like the main it's not that the end or be all or no oh no i can't launch myself at all on tiktok no but creating that kind of humor humorous content which then creates user generated content that's a great way of obviously show what sharing your track essentially, I'd say. Mm. Okay. Um, I was going to ask one more question, but it, go for it. So in, in that regard, then um, you've spoken about the, the way that um, US artists use their social media. What do you think about the way that UK artists use them? Because there is this whole thing about how if you tweet a UK artist's name, they will come for your neck, basically. How do you, what do you, do you think they need a social media manager? Do you think they need to improve the way they engage with social media? What are your thoughts on that? I think that UK acts have become a bit more, a bit more less opinionated when it comes to seeing their name if they search it up. So if it's a Steph Dunn or wherever it's, um, who else is, who else has been quite, I guess I can use Steph Dunn as a good oh, example. Wiley. Yeah, it's, I guess, I guess as well, but, or like some rappers as well. I would say they've become a bit more easy, easy, how can I really describe this? A little more easy on their fan, easy on people just because they're, they're mentioning their name. So like, for example, I guess Hedy One's a great example of how he's been able to kind of, he's engaged, he, he, he laughs at the jokes, he laughs them off, and he obviously enjoys the jokes himself because he wouldn't be obviously engaging himself. Mm. So it's kind of just like, people have understood something's only a joke, but obviously if someone's bullying you, it's a completely different story to go. But I think a lot of artists, UK acts, have realized that mm. sometimes it's good to have a laugh. Sometimes it's good to kind of engage with your audience and it's not always just like, oh, I'm going to, don't know, like threaten you or whatever. Yeah. But like people have understood that 
engaging with your engaging with your fans is kind of the best the best thing for a strategy as well i guess mm. as well as obviously like showing off your personality and your content but it's kind of find ways to basically engage with that audience as well whether or not it's twitter whether or not it's an ig live whether or not it's i don't know just any any way possible basically just yeah. to kind of engage with the audience because at the end of the day these are the people who are going to be buying your merch these are people who are going to be buying tickets to your shows these are the people who are going to be buying your records at the end of the day and mm. if these people and if you're not engaging with this audience in any shape or form then how are you going to how are you going to grow as an artist yeah how are you going to feel more closer to your feel more closer to your fans yeah i'd definitely say fredo is someone who's embraced that strategy with ig live and mm. laughing at the jokes as well he's definitely popped my attention for like laughing at some of the jokes and stuff like that yeah i think i completely agree with you on that i remember the seeing what was the video that happened really recently where he was in the car announcing new music and yeah. he's taking the mickey out of the american artists of how they go like hey man hey man it's your boy fredo yeah i'm releasing new music right now yeah <laughs> obviously that's not his accent that's not yeah. his accent i'm making yeah. it sound like some nashville thing but like yeah. Yeah. he was like taking the mickey out of it but it's like it's like a good way to kind of announce I've got new music mm. coming on the way. It kind of showcases personally anyway. He likes kind of like those kind of funny voices. Yeah. And people like it. Yeah, no, he's hilarious. He is. He's actually hilarious. And it's made me engage more with his content. Um, what I was going to ask you is beyond TikTok. Um, what do you see as some emerging trends or usages of social media um, online? Hmm. When generally, generally speaking? You can speak generally. It can be whatever the question is to you. I think filters. I think I think Instagram filters is is becoming the new the new well the kind of new the new way of basically releasing something. So if you haven't seen it lately, if you do have have a chance, have a look at Heady. I'm gonna it's been very biased again, but because I like Heady one, but I love his art. But yeah. if you have the chance, check out the filter which came out with his album. Mm. So that's a great way of kind of taking pictures, but at the same time you're advertising the album. Yeah, and I think that's a great way of kind of creating that kind of content. And some film studios do this as well. So with the release of It, I can't remember what they did. I think it was on Instagram or in Instagram or Facebook, but they had like a filter for you. You could actually recreate yourself as Georgie from It. Mm, so mm. I think that's kind of a good way of kind of creating that kind of sponsor, that kind of, you're advertising the product, but you're having fun with it at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think I was at H's listening party yesterday and he did exactly the same thing. So obviously he has the water kind of mark feature splashed on his face and he um, fans could do that and it was sent to their email, sent online, all that kind of stuff and they could push it out. So his team are really engaging with and interacting with audiences in different ways. So I definitely agree with you on that. And Hedy, Hedy's one's like, he's incredible in terms of the visuals and stuff. I'm loving what he's doing with the visual stuff. So yeah, that was me. Back to topic. Um so when it comes to um, the internet, there's kind of like two sides of the artists in the social media age. That and there's one side which I'll get to later. But um, so obviously, like in the like the '60s, '70s, '80s, and '90s, we didn't have social media like we do now. So like, do you really think it's possible to be a a, a successful artist today without having a social media presence? Because obviously, it was done for so many decades without it. But do you think now that it's like almost imperative? It's essential to being an artist that's a good question i do but i do think i think times have changed completely it's because obviously when you look at the 60s 70s and 80s like the labels kind of controlled controlled who could go out and who couldn't go out but because of the internet now it's kind of anyone can be an artist i can be an artist mm. i can be a producer i can be a rapper i can yeah. be a singer i can make a meme song i can do any of that but i think to be an artist these days, you definitely need a social media presence of some sort, whether or not you're posting or not. Or you could be like, I guess, the weekend in the beginning where no one knew what he looked like. Or you could be, who's another one who's very, who doesn't really like showing their presence? 
can't, can't think of top of my head, but you can be that type of person, but it's just like whether or not your fans kind of buy into it at the same time. Because some, some audiences are going to be like, okay, what do you look like? Like eventually the weekend came out. It's like, hey, this is what I look like. Because I, I me, me myself as a weekend fan, I never knew what he looked like until I think it was, I can't remember what year he started posting pictures, but it was like, mm. what actually, who, who is who is the weekend? Yeah, was I it, thought it was they were a band. Yeah. <laughs> I know <laughs> one mixed race boy from Canada. Because all I, all I remember is just seeing the imagery from the first mixtape. And that was all I knew of the weekend. Was yeah. literally the, the pictures in the bath, the balloons. Mm. So it's kind of, I do, I going back to your question again, I'm kind of going away from it. I think social media, having a social media presence as an artist is 100% essential because people want to know what you're doing. But someone like Frank Ocean has none at all. And whenever he drops music, it's, or there's an, it, there's a potential from dropping music. It's like a, still a big thing. So how do you think he's able to kind of maintain his career without, while being virtually aloof and nowhere to be seen? Doesn't Frank Ocean use Tumblr? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's active on it now, though. Uh, not as active as what he used to be, but originally, if I seem to remember off the top of my head, uh, Nostalgia Ultra was a mixtape which was pushed through, I think it was Daft Piff. Daft Piff. Daft Piff, that's the one, yeah. right back in the day. Daftpiff.com. And that was kind of like the main, that was kind of like the main drive for a lot of people back then. Yeah. Well, obviously, when the internet, when, when Twitter wasn't that big, I guess. But that was kind of the main drive, even with um, So Far Gone, the mm. original October's very own. That was like the main drive behind that. And even, Back then, when you had the Little Wayne mixtapes, that was kind of like yeah. the main drive before the Carter Free. So I think, yeah, going going back to that, it's just, yeah, some artists like Frank Ocean have been able to kind of release music, like great, 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 great piece of, great, great, great projects and EPs and songs, but still have that kind of, they don't really have to upload anything. Mm. But right now he's kind of realizing like he does upload stuff once in a while, but now it's not like, it's not like a regular thing. It's not like a, a six, nine where he had to like upload every day, <sighs> every minute. Every, but that's, that's a good example. That's a good case study of kind of being so active on social media that it kind of drives into the music as well because his yeah. record sales did quite well. Mm. Whereas some artists don't necessarily need to keep reposting stuff or act being active. Like FK Twigs, we used to be, didn't never used to reply. No, not used to, never used to post anything at all. And now starting to start like post like mm. stuff of her doing like cool gymnastics and stuff like that. It's kind of just like it worked for some people, but it's not going to work for everybody. Like pushing content twenty yeah. content out twenty four seven. Some fans are going to like it. Some fans are not. Yeah, but it's kind of understanding what your actual fan base want. Mm. Now you can yeah. try and re- you can, now you can try and replicate a strategy. You can you can try and be the loudest six next six nine guy dropping content every five minutes dissing everybody. Or you can be like Frank Ocean and drop like a nice project every so every so mm. often and then drift back and then drift back and do whatever you want. And mm. obviously people see him as press and stuff like that. But yeah. it's kind of just finding that kind of balance of what your fan base really want. And just to add to your point, I think Frank Ocean knows he deliberately does it now so he almost kind of is like okay if I drip feed them something here or I think something about this I feel compelled let me throw it on tumblr a little letter about some politics thing it will get traction so almost like not posting is helping his social media strategy so then when he does post it's everywhere and like all media kind mm, of capsulate on it so that is a still a social that's media fair. strategy so yeah, I think I think you're right in that sense with Frank, um, in that he knows his audience and know what they want. He now, or he's trained them to know what they want. Almost like because <laughs> yeah. even even when he even when he came out via the letter, he realized, oh, that's a moment. His team definitely retained that strategy and was like, okay, 
if you then push content out like this, let's just test it, see if it works. The fact that he then created an Instagram, all intrigue, but doesn't post on it that often. It's like, you're still only going to get drips and drabs of me. But when you do get it, you can run to, it's going to be a clue or it's going to be this or it's going to be that. So yeah, the power of mystery can work on socials just to jump on your point, I think. Yeah, Eden. Um, So I kind of want to come at this from a kind of mental health perspective. So do you know... There's, do you get anxious when tweeting from social media accounts? And I ask that because of the kind of state that we're in where people's tweets are being brought up and used against them in, um, just used against them in general, or um, there'll be something that's tweeted and it might be seen as insensitive because it doesn't take into consideration this community or that community. How do you avoid that? Like, well, I guess it's two questions. Do you feel anxious and how do you avoid it? It's a good question. I think when it comes to posting stuff online, I've, well, I kind of understood this at a young age, I guess, kind of making obviously fan, fan accounts and stuff. It's just, you kind of need to think, to think to yourself, the internet is a big, the internet, the internet is essentially high street. Hmm. What you would say out loud in high street, would you say on the internet? Would you say it to people? Hmm. Would you, would you say any of this stuff? And I think that's where a lot of people are kind of lost in translation. It's why a lot of people end up saying, doing cyberbullying. And it's like, I don't condone violence in any shape or form, but back in the day, if you said these things out loud on the high street, you get punched in the face. Hmm. And that's, and that's kind of the, that's kind of the way that the internet is now. It's kind of the stuff. Would you say, would you say out loud? Would okay. you, would you honestly say some of this stuff? No. Mm. no. And the honest answer to a lot of people is no, I would not. Yeah. Because you wouldn't have the balls to do it. Hmm. You wouldn't have the balls to say some of this stuff. Yeah. You wouldn't have the balls to be disrespectful to an artist because you probably get they, you probably get your back of your head slapped, mm. <laughs> and so, I think even when people say stuff on these platforms, like a force to say stuff or whatever in person, you can see the fear almost mm. in their body language, and it's almost like they try and use comedy as a way out and like a light-hearted approach, like oh, I don't mean it like that, like duh, duh, duh. it's just it's it's hilarious to see, in my mm. opinion. But in terms of the second part of my question, do you feel anxious when tweeting from other people's accounts, knowing it's not your face? it's the machine that's behind you and there's consequences if something goes wrong, I'm assuming. Um, I'd say, yeah, you can kind of feel anxious, I guess, when it comes to posting for someone else because you never know what the backlash might be. Um, I guess a good example of that is probably when I was doing a social media strategy for Jamiroquai. So back in 2017, it was, it was publicized everywhere in big publications, um, his back went. So before that, I'd sold out quite a few big tour dates, huge buzz mm. <laughs> sending out tour dates for him was amazing um so his back his back went and one of the things backlashes from that was essentially a lot of people getting refunds a lot of people adding the account saying um i've booked holidays me and my wife or i've traveled away from america you haven't you haven't toured in america for a while and i did feel a bit, i could say i did feel a little bit anxious but to kind of turn a negative into a positive it was kind of just like how can we kind of how can you kind of turn a net pos a negative into a positive? And it's just be more be more direct to your fans. Don't just say as like a worded reply because it's it, like a lot of people haven't seen you for life for years, dude. Mm. So it's kind of how can we kind of turn turn this into a in, quickly into a positive? So with that, it was kind of just doing like a quick video. It's very controversial, controversial, um, obviously from hospital bed. Just saying, mm. do you know what? I'm very sorry, X, Y, and Z. I look forward to seeing you all soon. Here's some extra dates. And I think that's kind of the best way to kind of turn a, pot, a negative into a positive. And I guess with that is, again, wasn't anxious, was anxious at the beginning and kind of turned it into a positive. So 
at times, yeah, you can feel a bit a bit anxious when it comes to certain certain things. I guess when it comes to social media, because mm. you're doing it for someone else, not for not for yourself. So, in terms of the trends of social media, from like the Bebo days and the MySpace days, um, you were saying earlier, like one comment per minute, like in terms of interaction on Bebo when you had a certain account there. But um, in terms of how you see it now with the likes of TikTok, um, the likes of Twitter, the likes of new social medias um, emerging. What do you see as the like predominant changes like since you first started? Because you've seen it for pretty much over a decade now. <laughs> um, in terms of in terms of that, I'd say video content has always been king. I guess even since Bebo days, you had like the free. I think it was like called Free GP. Yeah. In terms in terms of yeah. in terms of like video formatting, and I mean like that's like the the golden era of recording a video it'd be it literally be in pixels i mean literally pixels i remember, I remember my sound start recording like that i was like oh shit so like, you show your friend a video yeah. and in your face look like an android phone yeah. let's be rude to anybody <laughs> like, it'd be like it'd be like recording yeah. recording with a potato basically uh, wow. and you'd be basically. like oh my god who was that like who is that oh it's me yeah that's, do you see, like, see like a small pixel there that's, that's me. me my that, shirt my school shirt that's <laughs> me but i think video i think video content's always been king yeah king it's been the king for it but when with new platforms like Twitter, um, being more opinionated with like work with like 140 characters, obviously being updated to 280. I think it's going to always change all the time. It's mm. but video content is always going to be king. I'd say. So that's your, that's the takeaway. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Um, so I have two questions left, but I'll ask one because each of the Nick obviously starts to speak as well. But um, so you've obviously mentioned a lot of social media pla- um, accounts that you admire, you think are doing a, jo- a good job. Who do you think an artist right now, UK or US, whose social media could be better or isn't good at all? Do you know what? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? Um, who's not doing well, who I don't think is very good? Um, I, I've, it's, it's kind of like a generalization. Okay, so basically brand accounts that tend to t- tweet, tweet in like a very sassy way, I'd say, to kind of appeal to a younger audience. So you got Popeyes, you got um, Burger King, you have, um, who else is doing that? So, but counts like that essentially, you know, if you've got like Sunny D tweeting like a, a, tweeting like a 13 year old girl and it's just like, mm. it, it, there are ways to tweet and talk about your product. But a lot of these, a lot of these people are like my age. They're like, like head, head, hitting towards 30 mm. and they they're tweeting like a 13 or 12 year old girl. And it's just like, it's a very boring strategy because what happens is a lot of brands end up just copying and replicating that strategy because what you saw, what's that? Wendy's doing it. And then suddenly you see, and then everyone else starts shopping on that, jumping on the train. Yeah. And it's just like, even the main Twitter account, even the Twitter HQ account is doing that. Mm. There's tweeting like a third person. It's like a, yeah. third person, it's like a 12 year old girl. <laughs> and it's kind of just like, why are these, why is everybody trying to replicate this and you're kind of losing what you are as a brand and it just seems like the, the old man saying how do you do kids and I just that's that's kind of the <laughs> that's kind of my take that's kind of my take on it it's just like a lot of these brands are kind of just mm. coming across like the old man saying how do you do yeah it was so <laughs> weird when Wendy's released that album like I was like what is happening an album wait Wendy's like, released an album Wendy's there was an album? an album last summer like or something like that I swear to god like and it was a girl rap voice or something like that along the song I think it was definitely Wendy like one of these fast food joints released that album last summer and I was just like what and that's the point happening? I'm trying to make it's it's trying to jump on this whole black twitter trend of hey Wendy's just dropped a mixtape maybe yeah, we, we should stream maybe we should beef or stream or whatever mm. 
And it's just, it's crazy. But if you want to see the original, original person, not the original person, but the original account, which I would say kind of started off this trend and I think does it the best, but they don't do it anymore. I don't, I'm not sure they do, but from the last time I looked at it, they didn't, they stopped doing it, was the Tesco's mobile account. Oh, oh, I remember that, that was that was funny because it's oh, actually yeah. So it would give like support. It would reply to people's giving funny support. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, it's, it was. I would say that's probably like the. I remember that the original the original. I guess you could say sassy account in a way, but it was just <laughs> it did it in a creative way, which is really unique. Mm. And I guess with all these other brands doing it now, it's kind of it's it's just overused. You're just you're just doing a formula because you've seen it work before. But yeah. it's it's again repeating myself again it's just saying you're kind of coming across the old man basically would you create do you think nando's are doing it wrong as well like they're included i think in nando's that. nando's are doing well i think because yeah they, i was they, like because they, yeah. they, they, they used because they, they kind of did it the same time as tesco's mobile yeah. i'm not sure who did it first but who but in terms of accounts i'd say they were doing it they did yeah. it the right way it didn't yeah. come across as like the old man trying to be hip and down with the kids mm. but it kind of <laughs> hello <laughs> i showed you when they liked nando's present it's, it's, yeah. true, it's true though that's when that's what happens and that's what a lot of these brands do they get lost in the source <laughs> we yeah they get lost yeah, in the source tried, and they perry sauce is that but yeah a lot of oh. brands get lost in the source and they're just trying to replicate a social media strategy which they've seen by a competitor's brand and yeah. it's kind of just like <laughs> it's true. And, and artists do the same thing. They do. They do those challenges. They, everyone does these challenges, and it's just oh, it's dance just, challenges making yeah. The, 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 the cha- this challenge, the jump off table challenge. Mm. The, I don't know what, what challenge you want to put it, but it's just like it's just a continuous trend of copying another person's social media mm. strategy. Mm. And it's just it's crazy. Mm. Yeah, yeah. TikTok definitely got a lot of people scared. A lot of the artists, like the the older artists, like let's just jump on this trend a little bit, and it's like, what are you doing? Of course. Yeah. Um, I had a question. So I just wanted to know, like, it's going to sound a bit deep, but are you happy? The reason I ask is because you said you've been doing this since you were like 13, 14. And obviously you've been- They doing- started, yeah. Just to, just to cut you off a little bit. I started off as a hobby around 13, 14 years, but then I, it took me a while to kind of understand it as a career. Mm, okay. So you need to, so from around about 2009, I started to kind of research it a bit more and I didn't really take it seriously. So it's around until about- I'd say 2012 slash 2013, I started to kind of take it a bit more seriously as a, as a, as a career, I'd say. Oh, okay. Cause my assumption was you just started to do it on MySpace and then you just continued until you No, no, no. I kind of, it was kind of, it was kind of a thing I didn't research into it. I didn't research into it enough. So it's kind of just like, yeah, this is, this is social media. And then like, I kind of realized, you know what? I really want to take it seriously. Mm. So I started doing internships, work experience here and there. Basically build it as a career. Okay. All right. We'll fuck that question. Um, <laughs> still been doing it for a long time, but you could still, I guess you could still ask me. Do you have a favorite social media platform? Twitter. <laughs> and why, why is that? Twitter, because it's such a, it's a great place to break news. You can see Hugh Grant quote tweeting Boris Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> if you and haven't f- seen the Philip tweet, Pullman. it's hilarious. Have you, have you uh, seen the Philip Pullman one? No, I haven't seen it. I need, I need to check it out after this. Yeah. It got a few conservatives very angry. But it's just like, it's just stuff like that. It's just like, you can't see that kind of engagement on other platforms. You mm. wouldn't see, you wouldn't see Hugh Grant's official Facebook page quote, sharing a Boris Johnson post or a 10 Downing Street post. Which mm. you, you can see that kind of raw interaction between the two or whether or not it's a bunch of verified accounts jumping at, a, jumping at a Donald Trump tweet within like two minutes. And yeah. every verified account tries to do this. It's mm. like, a, it's like a, a stampede of who can quote tweet him first or reply to him first. And it's just weird, but mm. it's just certain things you just can't see 
on other platforms. And I yeah. guess I'd say Twitter has kind of been like the main hub of everything controversial, breaking news, whether or not it's someone passing away and you see uh, kind of like everything about everything really, I guess it's kind of the new, the new way of to kind of consume news. And that's kind of one of the things I said to someone quite a while ago, just like, it's going to become the new platform to consume news. Mm. And it has, it's like the main, it's like the breaking point. It's yeah. like, if you, it's like if I tweeted tomorrow or today saying, Oh, I've, I don't know, just like really something really newsworthy. You'd have like five giant or it went viral and it got like 500 K likes or, or retweets, you'd yeah. get a journalist straight away saying, Hey, I'm from X, Y, and Z. Do, do you mind, do you mind if I use this content? Do you mind if I interview you? And it's kind of, it's the place to be when it comes to breaking news. It's mm-hmm. the kind of the end all. It's like, if you find out your favorite celebrities just passed away, you'd find out straight away on Twitter. That's kind of like the main, that's kind of like the main place you'd find out about that. You mm-hmm. wouldn't, you wouldn't go to Instagram or Facebook to find out that you're, Jackie Chan's passed away. <laughs> He's kind of like, God the, it. it's kind of, it's kind of not, it's kind of not the place to find out about that, is it? Yeah. Because, because this type, of, because obviously the news sources on Facebook is just, it's been controversial over the many years. It's just been so much fake news. It's just, it's unreliable. Whereas mm. Twitter is kind of the main hub when it comes to breaking news, I'd say. Mm. And from different I levels agree. as well, from completely different levels. So you can get the authentic, then you can get the replicated and fake. But um, I just wanted to ask, what do you think was Snapchat's losing moment in that market? Because it's obviously it's clearly on its decline. What was that? Because I have my assumptions on what it was, but what do you think Snapchat did wrong? Because they had this big USP. It was different to YouTube. Um, and then, yeah, it just got usurped by other platforms. But what, what do you think is that it's, it's problem? If you were active on Snapchat, if you weren't and don't know, then that's fine too. I think Snapchat was an amazing platform for it, what it was at the time. But I think in terms of what it's become now, it's, it's like the, it's like the, are you on Snapchat? Oh, nah, I don't really use it. I use it for the filters. And that's kind of what it's become. It's become the place to kind of just... <clears throat> use filters basically essentially because it's an easy it's an easy platform to upload your own custom filters for your events or whatever but how it hasn't it just hasn't been able to keep up with the trends really i would say mm-hmm. and obviously the controversy behind it off, off afterwards well, i can't remember what it was exactly but i just i just remember it's like being something to do with kylie jenner talking rubbish about it on on twitter and again that that's breaking news that's, it declined that, in like yeah it declined it declined, it declined straight away because when you have one of the internet's biggest mm. online personalities saying this platform is trash mm. then you kind of need to then it's kind of like wow yeah. something like, with rihanna happened as yeah, well yeah this is yeah that's the point i'm trying to make it's just you have such a big platform like Snapchat and it's not been able to kind of be on the up and up. And that's how platforms like Instagram have been able to kind of swoop in and mm. add all these amazing features, which have made us think, why do I need to, why do I need to use Snapchat? Why, what is the point of Snapchat? Yeah. But not to say it's not a, it's not a use, it's not a useful platform still, but it's just like if a brand wanted to launch a social media platform, I wouldn't say you need to jump on Snapchat straight away. Because yeah, if you've already got an Instagram account and it's got maybe 200K followers, why do you need to jump on mm, Snapchat when Instagram stories does exactly the same thing yeah. as that? Unless you're looking to get a really, really young audience, yeah. then you do sponsored advertisement and stuff yeah. like that. I think Snapchat was very, um, yeah, they didn't listen to their audiences. And I think Instagram was super clever getting that um, kind of video strategy in terms of the stories. Um, I think what they failing to do is that longer form video content that's struggling to kind of get interaction in terms of Kingpin YouTube or Kingpin of YouTube um, still reigning in that kind of realm. But yeah, no, I just want to ask your opinion on that. 
Yeah. So there's like there's often there's often this discussion about as we kind of you know learn more and more about celebrities from yesteryear about things they've done or things they've said you know in the case of someone like R Kelly or whatever even just like random controversies like the Lil Kim Biggie Faith Evans love triangle so like, <laughs> <laughs> like random or like when Jesse's Child had the, all the lineup changes like people always say like like certain people wouldn't have careers today if if there was social media back in the 80s and the 90s compared to obviously now. So do you think, do you agree with that? Like social media really can make or break someone's career. And is there someone from back in the day that you think, yes, they definitely wouldn't be able to sustain today if social media was around back then? I think back in the day, I think if social media was around, it would definitely be R. Kelly. Simply because although there was video evidence and it was a court case around it, I think... Now, for someone like that to get away with that is just terrible. And I think it's just really bad and awful. And I don't think he should have been able to make any music after that after that court case. Because what you have right now is you have people on social media who have been in his mentions for days. Publications would be writing articles in him every day. And it's just, I don't think anybody like that should be allowed to get away with it, really. So you're saying social media blows the whistle? On things. I think it does. I think with the Me Too movement, which I am hundred percent behind, I think that it's 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 it's, a, it's making things like that more highlighted and like well, things that people shouldn't be able to get away with. Okay, but what about lesser things? So things like, like I said, so like um the Destiny's Child lineup changes. So people say like, oh, Beyonce wouldn't have a, a solo career if if people knew what happened. Well, people know, but if social media was around back when all that was happening, I guess she was kind of hated back then but obviously we don't really know that anymore because there was social media but do you think that would have impacted her career if that happened today i think beyonce would have still had a career but i do think the feud between beyonce and a marie at the time would have been a bit more heated because there was like a very big i wasn't remember off the top of my head those two are like at it because i think it was something to do with a marie using the Rich same pro- using the same producer as beyonce at the time for, for crazy in love was it crazy i can't remember it's crazy in love it was it was one of her tracks and essentially Every song which she was making at the time, even though they're, they're bangers, it was, it, you could see that, it, you could literally hear and see that it was, it's a Beyonce song. If you swap the vocals around, it would have been a Beyonce song straight away. Wasn't it the other way around? It was the other, I, no, no. The way I understand, and I do have, this isn't really good, it's going to go off social media, but I think my understanding of that situation was, Emery was working with Rich Harrison from the beginning of her career, and then Rich Harrison blew off other people so like j-lo and usher and, and beyonce and then when amory came back out they were saying that she was copying them but it was actually her sound from the very beginning although the actual distinction is it, that he was she was working with rich harrison but the sound that funk go-go sound wasn't on her first album but that's as i think but um but yeah so in essence you think that beyonce would still be fine if all that happened back in the day happened now i think she was still blue there was a lot of, I think there was a lot of money behind her. Honestly, mm. I, I honestly think there was a lot of money behind it. it was a, like, if you look at the success of Destiny's Child, and obviously... But that what, almost what, tanked because of all the controversy. That almost, they, like, I kind of wonder, like, what that group of last did today with all that controversy around the, the different members and the controversy of all that stuff. I don't know. Because, like, you look at, like, someone like Fifth Harmony now, like, Camilla's doing well, yes, but like I feel like it's very documented that she does have like a murky, problematic past. Whereas in some ways, 
Desi's Child or and other girl groups because almost every girl group has their drama, their drama like TLC, Danny Kane, whatever. But I feel like with them, it's kind of easy to just kind of act like sweep it under the rug, act like it never happened. Whereas like with Fifth Harmony or Little Mix or One Direction, like their problems are much more, they're kind of more general knowledge now outside of them just being artists. But yeah, cool. Yeah, I get what you mean. I, c- I guess you could say the same thing with New Edition. Like, I'm a huge New Edition fan. <laughs> they were a mess. They were, they were exactly. That, that's, 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 the, that's the point. I'm, but that's the biggest point I'm trying to make is even with that era, if New Edition existed in this day, obviously in their prime, and all that controversy obviously around the lead singer and obviously other things that happened as well, the I don't Brown. think. Yeah, exactly. But I don't. I wouldn't think. I wouldn't say that they would get cancelled because they made amazing music. I think at the same time, it kind of goes back to the music kind of kind of can't tries to can't can't sim, kind of cancels it out in a way and it shouldn't i don't think mm. it, i don't think it should in certain situations especially with certain people they just they shouldn't be allowed to mm. create these tunes that kind of make us forget what's happened because it's ruined people's lives at the end of the day and they shouldn't be allowed to kind of continue on as if nothing's happened so you're saying there's levels to it basically yeah okay. essentially fair enough well that's me eden nicholas no, I think you answered all my questions. I think mine were just like aimed at a mental health focus and you're good by the seems by the sound of it. So that was all I had to ask really. Did no, you know? really good. Like the way you have a full well-rounded knowledge of social media is super interesting and it's super interesting how the times are for social media right now and how different accounts use their stuff. So you've given us a really insightful, well, me in particular, um, opinion on the landscape. So yeah, thank you. And I'll definitely say other than Jesse, obviously, I feel like you're another member of this of this podcast now. Agreed. Because you just you <laughs> just you just slotted in so simply. You did. You did. Like yeah, you're an amazing guest. So thank you for coming on. Hundred um, percent. And thank you for the love you've given us, man. We really appreciate it. Much appreciate for having me on. So yeah, that's the end of the episode, guys. Just make sure to rate the podcast if you can. We love your feedback. Uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. That's pod d a t s p o d. And yeah, we'll see you next week Tuesday. Peace.